Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Better Call Saul, Season 4, Episode 5. Quite a ride. Quite a, what an apt episode title for this episode of Better Call Saul. Definitely took us on a ride, touching upon a lot of Breaking Bad stuff. We're starting that gap, as we say, this season. That big gap is closing around in that... The world of Breaking Bad is becoming the world of Better Call Saul, and it's all interconnecting. Plus, we have the Kim storyline, which was really kind of cool tonight to watch her self-destruct her whole situation. At the same time, Jimmy kind of self-destructing him. He can't just chill, because when you chill too much, you have too much crap going on. You're haunted by your demons. We got, a, we got a mention, or we got to see Howard for a second, who basically needs to get a new therapist. But we'll talk about that later. I'm not alone. I have with me, of course, always the live motherfucking chat. But also, I don't care if he was sick. I was so unreasonable with Joe tonight. I was like, Joe, I don't give a shit if you watched 10 minutes of the episode and you passed out in a sick haze. You're joining me anyway, Joe. Uh, we also have Joe Dirty Locks with us tonight. Hey, Joe, how are you tonight? Well, you tried to get rid of me. I did. I actually, I was like, Joe, you don't really have to talk about the episode, but you've missed enough weeks, so there's enough stuff for you to talk about, about your feelings of the past episodes, even if you didn't get necessarily get a chance tonight. And for whatever it's worth, Joe doesn't give two flying fuck burgers about spoilers. Right, Joe? Correct. Right. So feel free to spoil anything you want to Joe. Send him some private messages or follow him on Twitter at Dirty Locks and, and message whatever you want to Joe. And yes, we've got the live motherfucking chat with us. We've got Jason Voorhees. We've got DJ Better. I have to say a immediate thank you to Brendan Ingram for a pre-show super chat donation. So, Brendan, I'm going to spin the fucking wheel for you, buddy. We also have Corey Mitchell, Howard's therapist needs some has some serious explaining to do. We got the bloody talker, we got Hendrix, we got Bernie, we got Chip, we got Broke. What's in the box? What's in the shoe box? What's in the box? It's a good question. And it's obviously not money because he double checked the money. We saw the big bag of money. What is in the suitcase? I think whatever it is is going to connect back to black and white Saul. Man. The end of the series, yeah, it has some sort of connection, or it could be nothing. It could just be the the what's the Marcellus Wallace's uh, box. What's in Marcellus Wallace's box? It, there could be nothing in the box. It could just be uh, what's in the box, Joe. Oh, it's in the box. Yes, Hendrix says this episode calls for a drum solo. Maybe later, Hendrix, but for now, you'll just get a. Oh yeah, I need to. We need to do one of these recaps during the day so I can really do a crazy drum solo. But this was one of my favorite episodes of the season. I really did love the pacing of this episode. It said a lot of shit going on. I know, uh, Joe, you didn't get a chance to see the episode, but just in general, what are your feelings so far on? Because you've missed a few weeks of Better Call Saul. Are you still feeling this season uh, comparatively to other ones? Uh, just what's your thoughts overall on the season so far? Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so fucking good, isn't it, dude? And it's so good. It is definitely. The oh, best sorry, show. I forgot to do this, Joe. The cable. What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did uh, the shoebox was filled was a box full of his commercial tapes that we watched in the pilots. Thank you, Ben. Too good. Dropping some fucking memory knowledge on us. Uh, too much sandwich eater people, pizza eaters here. So, so Joe, yeah, you've been feeling the season just as much, and uh, and you're enjoying what what you've been seeing. It's brilliant. I love everything that Kim's done. Uh, Kim has been uh, like a shining bright, uh, bright light from the moment she was like, yeah, she's sitting on the couch next to. Yeah, we're shooting stuff. Sorry. And uh, Howard is all like, you know, your brother killed himself. And he's like, well, you're going to have to, uh, you know, that's that's on you, Howard. And he, he, Kim gave her, gave Jimmy this look. 
and you thought like, oh God, she's going to be pissed at him for this like attitude. Then it's like, she totally nuts up for him. Like. Yeah, she she does. And this and this is the first half of the season, Joe. This ends in the first half. We have it's a good point. We have five episodes left, but I can't believe that we're already halfway through this season. And at this halfway point, I love the way the season is progressing. I love the feeling. I love the vibe. I love where it is going. Adam Shields with the with the super chat donation. Let me spin the wheel. The other one was Phil Drink. And I did take a drink. I'm drinking wine tonight. And we got Sam in the live chat. We got Big E. We've got everybody. Uh, we've got lots of great friends popping on in there. And I like that we got the continuation for Kim's story, too. I, I, too, I too, am digging Kim's story. The last episode, I didn't necessarily dig it as much as some of the other stuff. But in general, she's really been one of the best players that we've had this season. Her and Nacho yeah. have really stepped it up. I mean, Nacho's always been good in whatever they gave him. But... Him this season in some of his nonverbal acting and some of those action scenes and the way all that's cut to add this different dynamic to it. It's changing into a different show or it's evolving in that gap as we were saying keeps closing. But I really I like how it's happening. What was that, Joe? Lack of the with the lack of McEwen in the show. Yeah. These others are getting far more screen time as well, so Exactly, and they're, he's, they're having to pick it up and, cha- and change the dynamic. I love in this episode tonight, and uh, this is you're not going to know what I'm talking about here, but I love in this episode tonight, a lot of the big part of the Mike and the Gus storyline is Mike, Gus wants Mike to vet people to build the lab, to build the mega lab, which was originally supposed to be Gale's and ultimately becomes Walt's. Uh, so it's it's about building the lab right now, and... And I think Gus wants someone that's as careful as he is to make these decisions and he doesn't have to go through the busy work. And they go through a couple of tests of people or we get one other test, but we get the feeling like they're, they're auditioning a lot of people. And anyone who's too full of braggadocia, they just kind of go, get the fuck out of here. You're, you're not the right guy for the job. So it ultimately comes to the end where they get this, this old German guy that is so careful. He makes Mike look risky. You know, he's just, he's very, very careful about it and it's almost like it's a phone sex operator at times where he's turning Mike and Gus on with how turned on they are that this guy's so careful to the point where Gus can't take it anymore and he just busts out of his hiding spot and he runs up to him and starts speaking German to him he's like you were going to build my lab yeah baby it was one of my favorite parts of the episode one of my favorite Gus moments in both Breaking Bad and in in Better Call Saul that really captures the dynamic of why Mike and Gus are going to become such close friends and why eventually Mike has such a a bond with the way he feels about Gus because they share a sense of carefulness. And when they see it in another person, they want to just grab him like, you're careful too. Come with me, motherfucker. That was a very fun part of this episode. I would believe in science if I passed in middle school. How close to the beginning of Breaking Bad do you think this show is now? Um, From... A year and six months, that, uh, with that which gets talked about a lot in this episode, that Saul has been at it for a year, it, or he gets his license back a year and six months. I don't know if it's going to be that soon. I think at this point, it's probably about two years or so before the start of Breaking Bad, but I'm just throwing numbers at the wall. I don't think they know that number quite yet. They don't. They play with time a little bit, and when they discuss this in the Rogers room, they, they don't know how long Cinnabon Saul is from the time Breaking Bad happened. They don't, they're not exactly sure the time Walter was away from his family. You know, there's a whole bunch of shit that they're not sure about that they leave vague to give themselves more room to write interesting things as stuff comes up. So, so okay. So, Joe, you're feeling the season. No no Joe rants or no, uh, no, ne- no, no Joe negativity here. 
the only Joe rant I could go on is just how fabulous the show is. Like from the writing to the cinematography to the uh, to the music, like just everything that they do in the show, it seems so meticulously thought out. Um, it seems like they they really put time and effort into getting the shots they want, into getting the emotion put across without having to have a character on screen dictate their emotion to yeah. you. Well, well said, Joe. And I do have to say, whatever you're drinking right now, whether it's water or coffee or cough syrup, if you're Joe, uh, Adam Super Chat Donation landed on everybody drink. So raise your drink, uh, world's second best lawyer, and take a sip, everybody. Mm-mm-mm. DJ says, go, Joe. Jason Voorhe, he said, if if I if I played with time, it would smash a clock into a camper's face. I think Jason Voorhees definitely knows what's up when it deals with situations like this. Tim Gersh says the picture of Worf is clearly flirting with me. We got Mike in the live chat too. Great to see all of you people. And off. Also forgot to mention, if anyone wants to call in, they can leave a voicemail right now at 781-990-8509 about this whole season, these first five episodes, or just this episode in general. Or just say, hey, Joe and Phil, go fuck yourselves. Whatever you want to say, you can do that. And you can also call that line 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you're listening to the podcast later. And we'll play it on a different line. If you're out of the country and you don't want to spend, go 01001 or whatever it is, you can add me on Skype at I Get Issues Man and... And message me there and send me a video message and I will play it on the air as well. Okay, so let's go into this shit, Joe. Uh, let's not. Oh, we've got. Oh, we've got a couple voicemails here. So let's play. Let's play our first voicemail. Or uh, we actually only have one voicemail. I think one's a lot older. This is from our good buddy. Oh no, we've got we've got two voice messages from Big J. Let's play the first one first and the second one second. This is from Big J. Take it away, buddy. Big fucking Phil, baby. Big J over here. The fucking Joe Dirty Locks, Dirty Joe. He's my fucking man. Uh, I believe he's coming back tonight. Um, I think he's only coming on in about five minutes. I'm just going a little early in case I'm not out. But I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your review. I love the show tonight. Um, Just... uh, I'm assuming that guy that's digging that fucking tunnel or whatever he's doing. I remember that from Breaking Bad. First off, Big J, I got to say, I love Breaking Bad, but I binge-watched that show because my kids wanted me to watch it. But you know me, man. I'm all fucking Better Call Saul. I love Better Call Saul. That's my main show, even though it is a fucking, what do they call it? I like it better than Breaking Bad too. it. Yeah. Well, okay, before before we continue uh, his message, first I want to say a big fucking hey to King McKay in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see King McKay. We've got calling in from Staten Island. Bernie the Bird says, KK Trap House Moose, I really hate that I can't binge this show. That's a very good point, Trap House. I feel, I feel the same way because it makes me so hungry. Joe, you think at this stage, four seasons in, four and a half seasons in, uh, compared to four it's and a half seasons of Breaking Bad, Bad, you think it's a better show than Breaking Bad. It, uh, I'm not arguing with you, but I'm curious of uh, w- explain some of the reasons why you feel that way. Uh, well, a, I think they do a much better job setting up our uh, our main protagonist to be okay. One of the problems I always had with Breaking Bad was what did we have from from you know uh, Walt that made us feel like he was such a good enough guy that <laughs> was... it was okay for him to start 
doing making drugs and selling drugs and all this shit the fact that he had a pregnant wife and a kid with polio oh and he's a he's a teacher so he must be an all-around good guy and oh no look he's got cancer too so now we got to pull for him it's okay that he does these things well no not really and they went so quick with it they turned him into an asshole pretty quick surrounding the whole thing that it's almost like you could you could understand people who were like i don't like that show i think it's a horrible show i think it's horrible people they're doing awful shit they're killing people i would i that's would not that's not a hero i would uh, argue with, that breaking bad doesn't have any heroes and that's the beauty of correct. it correct that's well, the beauty of correct. it correct so it's so it's so even in the name you're kind of it's the, even in the name of the show it's kind of a lie cuz he doesn't break bad it's like we know we don't know how good he was in the first place Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I, we get the sense. We get the sense. You know, I, can, like, can, are you, are you, do you have more? Or can I jump on what you said yet? No, I, no, I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, Walt. I, but I would argue that from the very beginning, Walt, there's nothing sympathetic about Walt. Walt's a, Walt's a horrible guy from the beginning. He's petty, it, right, right, basically from the beginning. He, he shows all those elements. And I don't think you're ever really supposed to like Walt personally in the context. I think if anyone you're supposed to like is maybe Jesse and relate to him and think about it in a Batman with young Dick, young, uh, not Dick Grayson, the, uh, the, the, the next one, the, uh, the, the small, well, like when Batman, the, the series of Batman stories where Batman's not necessarily looked at as he's helping out these kids. He's actually manipulating them and using them for his own good and seeing kind of a relationship like Walt has with uh, Batman with uh, any of the Robins that you could argue or something like that. Like, like he's doing good for him, but he's also manipulating him to do his bidding. And I think right from the very start, Walt's that kind of character. But that's a different story altogether and something we can get into after both series are done. I think it's really great, and this is maybe me as a stupid cheerleader sometimes, but I think it's a credit to these teams that we can even have this fucking argument. And again, I, I, keep, I keep mentioning Frazier on this show, but Frazier is the perfect example of... I think Joe would probably feel that for him, Frazier's a better show than Cheers. Right? Would you? Would you ultimately say that as well for you? He's got. A, he's got. A, so different. It's and, so different. And would you say that Frazier is more different to Cheers? Yeah, Frazier is more different yes. than Cheers is to Breaking Bad. Than Breaking Bad is to Better Call Saul. But yeah, Better Call even just the way it's even the way that it's filmed, the way that it's written, ah. Uh, it's that much different. And I mean, it you. is a sitcom. I'm trying in, 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 I know it's not a perfect one for one example because they're two completely different kinds of shows, but it's the only other example I can think of right off the bat that a show could be as, as, and be as not even critically, it's but just old. be as fandom that you could have a fandom around it in the same way that at the, you could have diehard cheers fans that were like, cheers is a fucking better show. And, and Frazier could never, and then you'd have Frazier fans that have never even seen cheers and go fuck cheers. Yep. Cheers is a joke. and is made fun of on Frazier throughout as just a, a, a small speck in Frazier's life that's just when he was a drunk with losers and shit and and with Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul you can totally like I know people that love Better Call Saul and have never seen Breaking Bad it's it's really fucked up and I we always talk about this but it's always worth exploring because as this show grows it's better and I I will I think I'll always hold true that I like Breaking Bad better for a lot of reasons that I'll mention once Better Call Saul is done I guess in a in a, in a separate video or something but Ultimately, Better Call Saul is making that argument tougher week by week. It's it's yeah, a it's, it's a, a great fucking show. I think, and, and it's more of a it's a better character piece. 
And whereas I think better, better Breaking Bad has a tighter narrative to from beginning to end, and one of the tightest narratives from beginning to story to end of story. And uh, Vince Gilligan's whole Mr. Chibs into Scarface uh, outline and filling in those gaps to get from that place, I think is is one of the most successful plans in all of television history. And Better Call Saul is one of the best slowdown character study theater-like bullshit. And then you bring in the action into it and it just fucking touches me all over my television body. It fucking does. Yay, Joe's here. I missed Rip Van Winkle. He was sleeping. Frazier is better than Cheers. We say Gus is my hero. Fuck, Jesse says broke. Sam says Saul was one of my top four Breaking Bad characters. So because I was related to because I was a lawyer in the series. And uh, Jason Voorhees says I met Walter White. He knew my name. <laughs> Crazy that Jesse was supposed to be out of the show early, yet he was one of the most sympathetic characters. Breaking Bad definitely would not have been the same show. I mean, duh, Captain Obvious here. If Jesse had died in that first season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Broke says Frazier's better than Cheers. Lindsay, great to see Lindsay. Agree, Birdie, great, Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad, better than Better Call Saul. I, I mean, I think it's awesome. I guess it just comes down to I think it's awesome that we're in a situation where we can have this conversation now. And and this all came from Big J, so let me finish Big J's message. A little spinoff, whatever. But uh, <clears throat> tonight's show I thought was awesome. Tim Wexler's acting is fucking awesome, man. Um, Rhea Seymour. You know, she was in a show called uh, Shut Eye. It was kind of a, it was entertaining, but it wasn't like, you know, nothing great like this fucking show. But it was a show, another show, I think, from Hulu. Uh, she, you know, she was on that show. I didn't even realize it was her because she played like uh, some fucking junkie. Like, it was, you got to see her in the show. I don't know if you did or not, but uh, it just shows like, I didn't realize it was her. I said, I know this fucking girl. And then I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, that's a camp. But uh, just to show, you know, what it... Yeah, and I'm so, sorry, Big J. I'm going to get back to your message in a second. And I just want to jump in with Bernie and Lindsay C. I, I mean, it just comes down to that, too. Better Call Saul is in a tough fight for me when you're dealing with what I would consider number one or number two as greatest television show of all time. And it's just I want to watch all of Better Call Saul, watch it again, feel it, you know, feel. But week to week, the way it's carrying me through right now, they're better at story it's I've, I've ta often talked about it like a chef a chef that's just better at cooking now they've done it for so long having the five and a half seasons or the five seasons of breaking six seasons of breaking bad however you want to look at it uh, and how and now having all these seasons of better call all the team working on the show just keeps getting better and better so th there's that element especially with the visual aspects and the way it looks so and how it starts so that's a conversation for a different day, but I think ultimately Breaking Bad will always be my binky and I and up there in that conversation for best show of all time. So it's it's difficult to say Better Call Saul matches that, but it is the best. My favorite show on television right now is Better Call Saul. It's so well what they do so well, which Breaking Bad, which is a difference from Breaking Bad is Breaking Bad. Right. It, right. Right. In the name. It broke bad. It was like. Here it is. Here's your shit. This was going to happen. And it was right off to the running. You knew where it was going. And it was basically he was cooking meth in season one and fucking killing people almost immediately. Right. Throwing fucking uh, dry ice rocks at people. Right. So breaking bad, it's a much uh, faster into that story. Boom. There you go. Breaking uh, better call Saul over the last three and a half seasons, it is a slow roll. 
Maybe right. the best ever. <laughs> Maybe the best ever slow roll ever of a show. And and before you know it, that like we're caught up in the snowball, so it's going slow at first. We don't see how big this fucking snowball has gotten, but but you know we're gonna get thrown off of the snowball and see it going downhill at some point and just be like jaws on the floor. That's how this is going. Like yep. it's a much different kind of build up to, and and with with this slow roll like you're sitting on the edge of your seat going like staring at that snowball so intensely that you don't even notice it getting bigger you know what i mean like oh i i i'm just thinking about balls getting bigger when you talk like that joe and i and i i of course game of thrones too i would say game of thrones and better call Saul are my two favorite shows on television right now but, but game of thrones hasn't been on television for a couple of years it's it's been a while it's it's tough, it's tough to remember no but uh game of thrones is coming back Sometime soon. Uh, so, but uh, we'll talk about that in a different day. But yeah, those two shows would probably be the shows I get the most looking, that I'm most excited during their seasons. There's a couple other shows that definitely make me excited, but not on the same level. And uh, what also makes me excited, Joe, it really tickles me uh, good, tickles me good, is the recap! It's time for the recap, and let's play a little bit more of Big J's message before we start the recap, but it's recap time. It's, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh wait, I gotta, I gotta, gotta stop the music, there's too much stuff going on. You should just be like, y'all, listen, you know what I mean? Or I like doing this fucking, helping these, uh, you know, these junkies, especially, you know, that little fuck that she helped <laughs> Typical kid, man. Typical teenage punk, you know? Not not appreciating what someone does for them. Complaining he's got four months probation. The kid was supposed to go to jail. Oh, <laughs> um, Jimmy. Oh, DJ got a panel. That was so fucking funny. He's, the kid's like, oh, oh, no, I have to deal with too much probation, motherfucker. Fuck that, motherfucker. The judge put her to work? He did. You got to pay I'm leaving you a long voicemail, but DJ uh, got a pat himself on the back. If you remember, if you... A few shows back, when I said that um that um Jimmy got mad at those guys with the job interview because they reminded him of his father. That's when he told us to stick the yep. job up their ass. He Bob Odenkirk on an interview after that said that's exactly what it was. So Big J gets a pat on his back for that. Um and uh, yeah, he said it basically, and I think that's how it is now. Um. These little punks that mugged them, they're going to get there. They're going to get, he's going to get Mike involved with somebody. They're going to get paid back. And, uh, you know, um, he's going to fuck him. And for the, for you being right, you get a fucking dick on. Dick on, dick on, dick on. That's a big dick on for, for Big J. Uh, what I want to know when it comes to this episode is what's the deal with Jimmy in the cash register? My husband and I were trying to figure that out. I'll get to that in a second. I do have an explanation for that, Lindsay, but just to answer that quickly, he was faking sales so he could take all the phones out and then make and then sell them for more. At first, I thought he was fixing the receipts for the ones he had already sold, but I think what he was doing was he was faking sales to buy all the phones at the cheap price they were so we could sell them at the street for a marked up price because he could upsell people. 
uh, so that it would all look like it was on the level and he had just sold out. So we are sold out of his uh, shipment there. So, uh, mm, 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 so pissed off. I finally go, Oh, we got Melly McGill in the live chat. What makes did, me what did he run a scam? Did he not tell people there was like a two for one deal and he kept the other phone? Um, I think he just, just jacked up the street price on it because he was selling them, uh, untraceable. So we could sell them to people for uh, at more than they actually cost in the store. So I think he could shell out the price for buying them in bulk there. At least that's what I thought he was doing. Yeah, he bought them himself. He was he was uh, he was making he was making a sale. So the cold open of the episode, since we uh, since it was the one part that uh, that Joe saw, I believe, in the episode, uh, we'll have Joe recap. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we oh, we open up on the sh- we open up on the shredder, not the teenage mutant ninja turtle enemy, the uh, a, a real shredder, and this. I love I love people in the live chat to talk a little bit about their realization of this moment because at first I my first thought watching the scene as I see the shredder we hear Jimmy's voice and we start to hear a couple things but we don't we're not actually not hearing Jimmy's voice we're hearing Saul's voice I thought it was a flashback to it like slipping Jimmy days and then then we finally see the the secretary uh, it's it all kind of comes together in an awesome way where you're like holy shit wait wait wait, wait, wait. when is this well what's going on wait we're in Saul Goodman's office and then it's the in between time after Saul decides that he needs to liquidate everything and get out. and get the hell out and we get all this shit. We're all here. Meaning what exactly? Yeah, meaning I, uh, you know, field mice. Before we start, before we start playing this stuff, Joe, do you? Li- <laughs> Stupid question. Do you like that they that that they're playing with more times in Saul's life? That now we're seeing another another time within the Breaking Bad timeline. Is it? It's complete fair game, right? I mean, it's just it only makes the show game. better. The the way. Okay, I'm not. You know, I've always been one to rail against. Uh, time back and forths, and they do it so well. Like, not not really time back and forth, but they just keep it to the beginning of the show. And the way they do their Jimmy perspectives, I think, are it's unique. It really, as far as like storytelling goes, it's very unique. Right down to the camera angles and the way they shoot it from a perspective where you're looking on the character, like you're watch, like you're watching it from a stage standpoint at times, like in a block, and you're looking at it straight on Jimmy's face, uh, or like this, like like you'd be watching it's a podcast, like, yeah, like this, like hi, I'm Jimmy doing something, bum bum bum, you know, like some something like that, minus all the flop sweat here because it's ninety five you know, fucking and, degrees, and to, like focused on something else, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, no, it, it's very comic book frame. Holy shit, we got a super chat donation from Melly McGill. Thank you for all the super chat donations tonight, guys. It means so much. It keeps us being able to do this. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, Keep missing the start of your live chat, by the way. I was, I was previously Melanie McQueen. Thanks. Oh, oh, awesome, Melanie. Great to see you again. Spin this fucking wheel. Spin the fucking wheel for you. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. It means more than you know. I wonder how many people have, haven't seen Breaking Bad were confused by that scene. I agree. Being like, where the fuck is this? When is this? And obviously, in this scene, we see. Uh, let's play a little bit of this. You know, you got your nest building squirrel. You got your. Whatever. I'll be right back. Three tears for morality. Hey, where's the. Uh, what? You know, the. Use your words. Uh huh. <sighs> 
But did you shred the files under your desk? Yes. Oh, what about your Rolodex? Yes, and everything in the filing cabinets and the safe. The and stuff in the bathroom. You did that yourself, remember? Oh, right, right. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Thank you for audios. Uh, so so th this scene, we get to see Saul packing up all of his shit and uh, getting all of his information shredded and him eventually setting up uh, his call. We see him on the, so the phone. We see a safe. We see, uh, we see some shit in the ground. We see Jimmy. Wait, is this Saul? He's gathering cash right before he leaves on the run. He's, uh, he's cutting up and destroying everything. We're in the Breaking Bad timeline again. He finds a bag of loot. Uh, he brings something else, a package down off the wall. Uh, that we don't know what it is yet. And then he makes his call. Then, oh no, then they say the goodbyes. Right, that's it, I'm going. Do me a favor, take those with you, drop them off at least five miles from here in separate dumpsters. <sighs> the look she gives him right there in that moment, she gives uh -huh. him this. <laughs> separate dumpsters first, where's my money? Hey, bloody talker, great to see the bloody talker in the live motherfucking chat. Yeah, fuck Casey Jones and his fake, uh, fake <laughs> ski mask ass. He's, uh, what you doing, turtles? Oh, right. Um... Mel, I owe you 10 push-ups. Or Joe, me or Joe. Joe's what? sick. I'll do him. So then he goes to his phone and makes the call. And, I mean, we're not seeing anything we don't know, but it is interesting to be able to see these things. And it's interesting that we're seeing a show because they're important to his character. For my Hoover Max Extract Pressure Pro Model 60. Can you help me with that? A pickup. How hot? Red hot. I know where that is. I'll be there. And he throws away the phone, and he greets uh, we greets a customer, and we see it from the clerk. So you think he's still working on that set of phones? That's why we see this. Yes, because it's because it's relevant to the storyline of tonight. Because he's still, it's all connected to that scam. He's still working on those those phones that he he got tonight. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's Who's a good. CC Mobile. Oh, yeah. And we we fade right into he's at CC Mobile and he's greeting a customer from the customer from the perspective of the clerk's angle and this guy's like hey what do you Keep mean you about waiting? what are you talking about privacy what can I do for you privacy so privacy sold here yep this is the place oh yes Bernie Joe does sorry Joe I know you're tired and sick. But K. Rich won last week a spin of the wheel to get Joe to do a character impression. So, uh, so Joe, think about it a little bit. Think about it. Take take it in. Take it in. Doesn't necessarily have to be from Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad. It can be any character right. that K. Rich. That's my Mickey Mouse. Okay, Joe's gonna oh. do a Mickey Mouse. Do it. Yeah, do it again. Oh. Okay, you will do the next two minutes of the podcast as Mickey Mouse. Joe, no, that was it. that's all I got. That's all you got. Phil, do your oh. put. 
Phil, do the fucking push-ups, asshole. Okay, Phil's gonna do. I gotta do the push-ups in a minute here. I'm just sorry. I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'll get to another big audio clip. Next big long audio clip. I. I do. I'll go do my push-up plank type things or whatever. I can. Function. Joe's still sick. Joe's not doing any push-ups. Yeah, Joe, Joe's like fuck you and your push-ups and your fucking stupid wheel, asshole. <laughs> so okay, so we go right to him greeting this customer. Privacy from who? Come on, you know. Like the government could be like the IRS. Bingo. So, so, uh, so you got a cash based business? Like a contracting business. Contracting could be, could be. Maybe you don't report every single penny. I mean, who does, right? How are you doing that business? On the phone. How are you scheduling appointments? On the phone. How are you arranging payments? On the phone. And who's listening? That's right. They know every lick and tittle. So you're living your life free and easy. And then one day, at a time of their choosing, bam, they bring the hammer down to Chinatown. Jesus. Jesus is right. I'm telling you, these guys don't fool around. And they will clean your bones faster than a school of piranhas. Oh, I'll tell you what I do. I practice something we call information hygiene. Can't be traced, can't be tracked. That'll keep you clean as a whistle. And what they don't know can't hurt you, especially if you use it only once per. You know, that's kind of key. Once per? Once per what? Once per week, once per day. And Saul is just a expert salesman. He's got a lot of skills. He's got a lot of talents as a person. But him as a salesman, he is like Joe. Joe and I have a friend that reminds me a lot of Jimmy sometimes, especially when he's in salesman mode. Oh, you're gonna do it. You got a good deal. I got a good deal. You got a good deal. I got a good deal. I got a good deal. I'm gonna give you a good deal. Okay, just tuned in. Who is Phil Boinking? I'm boinking the concept of a push-up because I do disgusting push-ups. I'm glad at least you could see it. I did 10 thrusts and then I passed out. It's very, very accurate to life. So here we go. <laughs> Watching Thrones right now. Nice. Yeah, Joe's sick to get sick again. He he does he does work with sick people sometimes. I work in a hospital, so it gets uh, no ventilation in that place. Yeah, it gets hairy sometimes. So. <laughs> So, okay, so he greets customers from his perspective. We get the clerk angle. This guy's like, what I can do for privacy. He gives him a burner phone, and he gives a cool line, one per, which is kind of neat. Then our next... Yeah, it means nothing, though. Use it once per... No, no, no. Use it once and then throw it away. Yeah, just once and be fucking done with it. Then our next scene... Joe, you, didn't, you this is where you didn't see any more of the episode. Now you're you're just listening to my babblery about Pretty this, much, right? Yeah. Okay. So we see a mustache man get off a bus, head to rent a car... And uh, and basically, this is all just a lead up for he gets a message from Mike. Hey, use the prepaid parking ticket in the cup holder to exit the lot. Make a right. Follow the signs for I-70 West. Got it? 70 headed west. Yes. Keep the phone close by. I'll call you in about 20 minutes and talk you through the rest of it. Okay? I understand. Yes. Okay. So this guy, I kind of already talked about these scenes. They're very, this is where this show is never afraid, never 
more than almost any other show I've ever seen in my life. It's not afraid to take its time. Really take its time and build something up. We'll give you a 15-minute scene to prove one fucking point. Uh, Breaking Bad kind of did stuff like this, but Better Call Saul does it. It's, it's a trait. It must be a Peter Gould thing because Better Call Saul is a little bit uh, more Gould-driven at times. But I, and I'm just throwing shit at a wall. I don't really know who, who who's responsible for it. It's just a conscious decision. But it really plays with shit at a, in a really awesome way. So we go off in our next scene to a car heading down the road and is pulled over. And, oh, and then Mike gets in there and he says, uh, you want to pee? You want to poop? You, uh, you got you, you to go to the but bathroom. There's nobody here. You need to relieve yourself. Do you need to relieve yourself? No. <laughs> and, I, and you just know they're writing this. You would only love to hear Mike say start to talk to someone about relieving themselves that would be really funny that'd be really funny right and there's all it's also it goes to mike's personality where everybody's kind of uh a child you know what i mean like he has to spell fit people aren't they don't have this common sense in this uh criminal gray area so to speak you know it doesn't exist there is no common sense so so the way he puts his questions across to people, to everybody, when he's dealing with them, the way he deals with Jimmy, like this isn't uh, this isn't the job for me, stealing fucking fat little boys off the of shelves, and I don't think it should be the job for you either. You know, do smarter shit with yourself. Don't get caught up in this petty crap right now. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, work a bigger game. And to answer DJ's question, no, I do not have an air conditioner on here. It's it's completely like dead air, no windows, no air conditioner. It's like still 90 out right now, or it's like 89 degrees outside. So it's really hot. I think Joe's in the same position ultimately because the team probably has an air conditioner somewhat close to it. I've turned my air conditioner so it was blowing into this room from the other room, so it's cooled down a little. But on my two video monitors, Phil, you're like orange and red on one one with like this sweaty shine you look, almost look like nixon in the debates right and then on my other screen it looks much more normal so the youtube screen you look much more normal well you can still see the sweat i know but the camera you're seeing it's it's a way i do like i look like nixon in the uh the kennedy debates i can turn on i actually can turn on the camera for a second on the regular i was screen. gonna i was gonna try i tried to fix my settings to see if it was like my tint or my oh my, no no my it's that that camera that camera and my flop sweat is crazy uh, yeah, it's it's like 95 degrees in this room right now, and I and I have no fan or air conditioner uh, blowing at the moment. So uh, the the push ups just added to it, and uh, and uh, so it added to the dynamic. And anyone listening to the audio cast right now, this is why you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see me sweat and be far away from. Never let them see you sweat. Phil. Yeah, they got they got to see me sweat in this fucking weather, Joe. Is there any other show in history that has a better starting show than Breaking Bad and prequel than Better Call Saul to either? Either of us. Fraser Cheers. Fraser Cheers, maybe some of the happy days clones. There isn't that many. Yeah, happy days. And there's not that many. There's not that many shows that have done this. There are spin-off shows uh all the time, but oh, God, not to this. Not not to level. the not to this. And great to see you, Jay, in the live chat. And uh yeah, so let's let's get me let's let me get through a little bit more of this episode, then we'll take some more calls and we got a couple more voicemails we've got another voicemail from big j and it looks like we got a voicemail from the bloody talker as well uh to look forward to a little bit later in the show so i can't wait to see game of thrones prequel 
yeah, it's going to be fun. And it's going to come out very soon, too. It's going to, yeah, we're not going to go a year without Game of Thrones, is looking like it. We're going to get Game of Thrones at the end of this year. And then in 2020, the prequel series is going to so start. So they got to give it like two or three months to like let everybody talk about the finale. Yeah, no, I think, I think it will be like a next season. If uh, Game of Thrones ends in May or the beginning of June, then you'll see it start in September. September. You'll see it start in September at the time of television start, or maybe even a little later, depending on the HBO schedule. So. They're gonna they're gonna put out Game of Thrones final season late, so that it ends around September, and so that they, all the kids are talking nah, that, about that, it that's at the a, school it's time. A di- and then they're gonna hit up the new one in spring. Di- different conversation for a different day, day Joe. We'll, we'll get we'll definitely get into that very soon. So let's continue here. Uh, off to the car, heading down the side of the road. Mike uh, takes this guy up, and this guy. It's a weird edit into show time traveling with Mike driving very interestingly filmed very just very cool little shit like that just adds up and adds to the dynamic of the show being ultimately fucking cool so then Mike is talking to this guy about just bullshit the entrance will be back there you need to stay within the footprint of the building It's a laundry. The, uh, yes, they're they're setting up. They're ultimately he's trying people out to to see if they're the person to try to build this thing. So wait, the lab isn't built, but the room is there. I think so. Yeah, they're or they're thinking about whether they're going to have to tunnel for it. I think they're talking about building the tunnel and how it's all going to be set up. Oh, so this guy was a construction worker. You're going to have to stay within the footprint of the building. You can't. You can't. Uh... Well, the first guy to come out was a bullshit artist. He's like, he, he says, I can do this in seven or, seven or six, six or seven months. Yeah, they're talking about building the room, not the uh, lab yet. Yeah, but, not the but lab, the, just building the room. Like the, the ve- entrance. Very the- early, early, early situation here. And this first guy is just a kind of like a braggadocious. He's like, I, I can do this and I can do that. And we're awesome diggers. I will not disclose them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. And Gus, who we find out in that situation, is watching and listening to everything. Mike and him have the same read on this guy. This guy's full of shit, and they don't want to work with him. And he uh, gets a plane ticket home and gets the fuck out of there. So then we go to Kim time, and she's and yes, Joe, as Joe was asking earlier, she does get her Neelix clients. Judge Neelix gives her some clients for hanging out in the courtroom. The first one is this guy, Billy, who, uh, or no, uh, this other dude, I forget what his name is, but we get to see the lawyer. If, do you remember the lawyer Jimmy had all those dealings with in the first season? He gets a, he gets a cameo in this episode. Uh, and Kim goes Wexler into... Wexler wipes the floor with him. He, ultimately, he puts up a decent fight, better than you would think, but ultimately, Wex, Wexler for the win! She destroys him in a long, drawn-out battle between the two of them. She never wanted to be doing this corporate law shit. No, she wants to be in the mix. She wants, you're right, she wants to be in the mix. She wants to be fighting the good fight. She wants multiple clients, multiple cases. Multiple, multiple multiple everything. She wants multiple. She doesn't want to focus on opening new banks and contracts with cities and, and shit like that. She wants, she wants to feel more fulfilled. It's not necessarily about the dollars. No, definitely not. And it, which 
comes into play in this episode, Joe, later on, where she basically, well, I'll get to it in a few minutes. She ultimately gives her job a big fuck you for uh, for one of these kind of clients. So uh, so initially, she goes back and forth, and they go back and forth about this kid. But what happened to six? You're annoying me. You can't play chicken with me. I invented chicken. Wow. Okay. Fine. Six months jail time, one year probation. I can't make four months fly. It's impossible. Completely impossible. You don't have time for this, Bill. I only have one. But Joe, quiet. finally he gives in. One one four. Four months. Seven, two, Probation. One, State versus David Estrada. Yes. Good morning. And he agrees to it. She lawyers him. Please be seated. It's because he wants to just get on with the next case. If I may, Your Honor. That one. Yes, Miss Wexler. Go through this whole thing again with her in the next case. Defense. Yeah, it's annoying to him. And ultimately, I, I want to play this clip all the way through because I didn't get an individual clip. She ultimately tells her client, who's this little douche that did a B and E or something. And uh, I think it was breaking it, breaking mentoring. And he complains about getting the four months probation when at first he was facing like 11, like 11 months in jail. And he's like, oh, fuck, fuck this four month probation. Now I have to report to a probation officer for four months. Like, fuck you, dude. Listen to me. Here's what you're going to do. Today after you leave here, you will go straight to your grandfather's restaurant and you will beg him. Joe, you started in the live chat about talking about the prequel series. It has exploded. Game of Thrones discussion is full on in the chat, Joe. People are people people are hungry for us to do a Game of Thrones podcast. We gotta yep. do it. We gotta do it soon. This would Sorry be, guys. We'll try we'll try to do one this week. We'll try to just do a Game of Thrones Q and A type type podcast this week sometime between Joe and I. We'll we'll touch base about it. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We're uh, we're hungry for it too. We're hungry. We were I, we we thought about doing a podcast on the two seconds of footage, but uh, but we figured we could only talk for three hours about two seconds of footage, and we wouldn't don't, don't want to do it if we can't talk for you know four four or five hours or something. Right, it really comes down to it. But no, let's play a little bit more. A job, any job. Tells oh you no! To the Please never apologize for the live motherfucker chat. You guys want to talk about season season three of just the ten of us? You can feel free to talk about season 10. Coach Lubbock was really aw- amazing in Growing Pains, and he deserved a, a uh, spinoff. And Nancy from, uh, from, from Friday the 13th was awesome on that show. It was great to see her do something, do something else. You know what I mean? Oh, if he tells you to clean the toilet, you clean the toilet. You will show up on time. Those girls in that show are fucking hot. Do you know that two, the redhead? Do you know a few of those other girls were all in Nightmare on Elm Street movies? There was so much Nightmare on Elm Street connection with the just the ten of us. It's not even funny. Uh, Nancy, obviously, and then I think two of the other girls of the just the ten of us crew were in separate, uh, separate. Uh, the redhead and the blonde, I remember. Oh my goodness. Yeah, what, what the redhead was the was the weightlifter that got crushed in a bug box in one of the Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, it's not Friday the Thirteenth. Nightmare on Elm Street movies. That would be Nightmare on Elm Street two, 3, the Dream Warriors. No, no, that was not Dream Warriors, Joe. I believe it was Dream Child. Dream, she was not in the uh, the bu- the bu- the Bubba Kincaid and Philip. The Roach Motel wasn't in Dream Warriors? No, Roach Motel was in, uh, the, was in the Dream Child, I believe, Joe. I believe the Dream Child. No, because the dude got put in the... Joe, this is an argument in. you won't win. This is an argument you won't win. I would go away now. I know my Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I'm not going to argue it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I won the 900 number uh, contest once. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know, I know my night. If there's anything I know, it's my night. Uh, it's my nightmare on Elm Street uh, trivia. So amazing that. Uh, <laughs> God, I, God, I, I love babbling to you, Joe. Okay. Well, I lowered you right there. I, told, I did a little bit. In the same way, Kim lowered this guy. Kim. Uh, you will show up on time. You will smile. You will say please and thank you. You will keep your nose clean. You understand? Because if you don't, you will go to jail. Do not. You will not pass go. You will not. That bad guys. Picture that, David. Really, picture it. You know, you ever see? Really picture it. You know, I'm I'm talking about really picture it. Wait, no, not that one. Really picture it. Yeah, you see it now? You see it I'm now? You got it next time. <laughs> you see what it's going to be like you now? Yes, the 1-900 Nightmare on Elm Street hotline. I actually won. They sent me all the VHS cassettes of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. The uh, the CD of the current movie, which was the final one, uh, which wasn't the final one. but And uh, like trading cards and shit like that. It was, uh, it was, it was the one time I was... Uh, because what I... I racked up a big phone bill calling those 900 numbers and I wasn't even cool enough to call the sex lines. I used to call the wrestling hotlines and the Nightmare on Elm Street line and the Family Feud line. And all of it came out of it that I won this Nightmare on Elm Street contest. And uh, yeah, it was it was worth it. It was worth that bill I had to pay. It was worth that gigantic fucking phone bill. I had to get a fucking paper route to, to get up at fucking five in the morning and go deliver papers in 10 feet of snow and uh, I don't know, whatever to go pay off that phone bill. It was so worth that contest. But I did win. So I'm going to brag about it. I feel paid to win a contest. Exactly, Bernie. <laughs> I, this is one of those things I love about Bernie and the live motherfucking chat. She she knows how to cut through the bullshit. Ultimately, yes, ultimately I I paid to win a contest is what this comes yep. down to. A hundred percent. I paid a lot in blood in fire. I paid a lot. Okay. I can only imagine what those uh go deliver your papers, Phil. Phil, fuck you, Phil up, you motherfucker. <laughs> Get the fuck up. Fuck you, you motherfucking cocksucker! Okay, so enough of the, enough of my stand-up comedy routine. Let's continue. So we go back, and this kid's got four months. He's like, oh, "Fuck you." Okay. Nice, Jason. That'd be amazing. So uh, I love that we have Jason Voorhees, and I, I don't mean to. I, I still think you won that fight, Jason. Just to be clear. I, I I think I think I I think Freddy versus Jason. I know people want to say Jason Freddy winked there, but you know I, I think you won that fight. I think you won that fight, and I'm a Freddy guy. So uh, so anyways, Jimmy is uh, yeah, okay. So then we go over to Jimmy and Kim in our next scene. Wait wait hey look, Doctor Zhivago's about to start. Lots of attractive men in the snow. That's your favorite genre. I know it's Joe's. <sighs> I'm sorry, I can't. I have tons of. I love Cliffhanger. That's a great movie. Or uh, or what's what's that other one? The, alone. Alone, or the one where they eat each other. The the true story uh, where they crash the alive. Alive. Yeah, those are all like awesome movies with uh, dudes in the snow. I love those. I love. It's one of my favorite genres. Very to catch up on. Isn't that why you? Have a Isn't the part of the Lord of the Rings has some dudes in snow too, and the, whole, the second Star Wars movies like there's a whole dude in, dudes in snow part too. That's pretty fucking great. White fang. Yeah, White Fang. It's a good one, too. I have to review her work. <laughs> you watch. Thanks. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, Jay- Jason has spoken again. You're goddamn right. Another, another good one where there's a bunch of guys in the snow. Ah, uh, the seven dwarfs. Uh, the re- the revenant. The revenant. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, yeah. Sorry, Joe. Dun, dun, dun. The, 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 wait, wait, I gotta get I gotta get the Trump fill. That 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 was really good, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't on that. Uh, Joe, one more time. Oh, you want me to repeat, repeat yeah, the yeah, joke? Yeah, do it. One more time. <laughs> Another good one, where there's a bunch of men in the snow, is the seven dwarves. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I need to do that for my own benefit. I'm sorry. It was really good. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's... Choosing, uh, choosing. Jimmy's choosing TV, and he's he's getting pissed off. I'm getting pissed off. I want to watch. Oh, give me attention. This is me every night. Give me attention. Can you work with the TV Come on. on. Do you I have, have do tremendous you have to do that? powers of concentration. <laughs> Go ahead. It's fine. Me, me, me. Mm. Yeah. Anyone else? If you know any snow movies, we're missing. Jack Frost, Reindeer Games. That's another really great one. <laughs> Whatever, don't say Biggie Smalls three times in a row looking in the mirror. Fargo. Fargo is another one. <laughs> Alive's a really great movie. It really is. Makes me it's hungry. not that good, actually. It's actually not that good. It makes movie. me hungry. It makes me go, eh, it's, good. it's a good movie. Like, it, like the whole thing, I remember when that oh, movie is came this out. A, just, it was all about, oh my God, there's cannibalism in it. But like ultimately, it's the acting's okay. But it's a... It's an eh of a movie. Oh, wait. Jason, it absolutely counts. Jason has the winning answer. Does Scarface count as a guy in the snow kind of <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, well, we're going to go with... Really, yeah, a couple of scenes, but... Yeah, we're going yeah, to go enough. with yes, because that end scene, that, that was a hot dog that uh, in the snow movie, but we're going to go with Scarface as the winning answer tonight. Phil needs attention. What always, DJ. I'm, a, I'm an attention whore, as they say. Attention whore. I think, I think that's. I think. I think that's how I'm defined, right, Joe? Would you? Would you say an attention whore? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, accurate, accurate, accurate. Modern day vampire. Yeah, yeah, sucking people's life in public settings. <laughs> Let me suck. Let me suck your life. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stop getting turned on, Joe. Stop getting turned on the prospects of a future. You're sick. Get healthy first. I I, I, I like that vacuum sound you made. Oh, you do, you do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So get my vacuum cleaner fixed. <laughs> okay. So uh did Jason actually ever play hockey? Uh I don't know. No, he he took that off of a, another hockey player. If you want to know a great show that involves being trapped in the snow includes cannibalism, watch Terror, uh Cannibal the Musical, Let's Build the Snowman. We can make it six feet tall. We can make it dun, 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 dun. Let's build the snowman. Okay, so I forgot Joe has his Bluetooth headphone in. So he's going off to run off and do something somewhere far away. He's going to the bathroom or something while he's listening to us now. So what? Do we, <laughs> so so let's watch. Listen to a little bit more of this. So what's what's interesting about this scene with Jimmy and Kim is that oh, thank you, Stephen Michael Davis. We'll get to you in one second. 
uh, what's interesting about this scene with Jimmy and Kim is Jimmy can't sit still for five minutes and take any time to think for himself. Kim gives him room. He's sitting there watching TV. She's doing her own thing. He's doing his own thing. And he can't sit there and watch the movie. It's done so effectively that hearing the music of the movie playing off of him causes him to feel all these emotional feelings that he doesn't want to feel. So he's just like frustrated in the moment and shakes and shakes and shakes and can't deal with it and gets up and goes, I got to go to work. And he goes off and we get into this amazing section with Jimmy selling these cell phones. So we cut off to Jimmy fucking with the cash register, making it seem like he sold all the phones or or setting up receipts for phones he was going to eventually sell. And he was good. He, so he goes up on the streets. Jimmy's driving around. We get an int- more interesting angles. And he asks some dudes if uh, they want to buy some cell phones. Hey, dudes. You want to buy some cell phones? Hey, how's it going? How you guys said for phones? We got phones. Private phones. Beat it, narc. Oh, come on. Would a narc drive this piece of shit? Take it back to impound narc. (laughs) (laughs) Who says narc? Who's ever called anybody a narc in their fucking life? Phil, in all the days that you ever did drugs... <clears throat> bought drugs, sold drugs. Did you go? You're narc, man. No, <laughs> like, I, I, I can't say. I've, I can't say in all the interactions and all the shady circles that I've Have you ever heard anybody call anybody else a narc. Not in a non-sarcastic way. It's it's one of those things that I mean. I've heard people call people like a rat, or you can't trust that person. But they, it's usually ultimately they say, yeah, you can't trust that person. <laughs> people actually yeah, say things. Narc. They're a narc, a narcotics officer. Narc. That's uh, what Joseph says in the live chat too. Do people really use the word narc? <laughs> uh, blood, bloody talker says I have. I, I mean, maybe in the early nineties I've used the word narc. I don't know. Um, sorry, Joe. I'm uh, I'm I'm coughing on this concept of narc. Uh, are you? In, don't te- don't tell anybody. Are you a narc, Joe? I, I think I've said it in jest a couple times, but somewhat serious uh, in reference to a kid that might be uh, someone that goes to a teacher really quickly or something. Where, where you call a teacher? Okay, well, no, yeah, okay. That don't that narc teacher, on me, yeah, kid. don't narc on me or something. I think maybe in the '90s I've used that a couple used times. A little wrong, but okay. Yeah, used in a weird sort of way of saying that kid narked on that kid or something like that instead of ratted. Where it's really the term "ratted" would be the proper use, but right. for them to be a narc, they would have to be in the employ of the teacher all the time. Yeah, not and just th- their rat. That's what Bernie said in the live chat. In high school, new people were narcs. Yeah, the new people that showed up were kind of narcs. So I remember in high school at times saying, "Be careful of that kid; he might be a narc." I, I actually do remember saying that. So I can't. I can't all because of fucking Twenty One Jump Street. The, yeah, Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, just say no campaign, all that sort of shit. Yes, and being that kid narked that other kid out. Yeah, I have said it, Joe. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad we worked this out. I'm glad we worked this out. Adam, <laughs> great to see Adam in the live chat. Birdie, uh, let's see. Oh my goodness, Joe. Uh, Steven says you guys are the best. Sadly, I cannot watch this live because I cannot watch the show live. But I wanted to show some love, anyways. Be well, my friends. Steven, Michael Davis. Either way, you get a spin of the motherfucking wheel. And let's let's go to the dual screen and get both of us. And let's click over back down to the normal. 
Uh, Bernie said, I asked if people were cops, actually. Uh, like a snitch or a rat, possibly. Snitch or rat is the more apt word to say. Correct, yeah. So uh, so Jimmy is driving around, and then we see another song montage of ma- him making himself look less narc-like. He gets in a jump sh- jumpsuit, looking like a mafioso a little bit, looking a little bit more like Slippin' Jimmy. We see this weird moment where we get this extended uh, extended shot on the on a lot of hot dogs for some reason. I think it was just the editors having fun for whatever reason. They just focus on some hot dogs for for a few seconds. There was it, it it definitely the shot stays and lingers on some hot dogs, Joe. And then Why? we and I don't they know have, they have reason for everything they like they, for every lingering shot. That's always okay. When I, I remember very specifically when I was like twelve, I I don't remember which movie. But I remember being very upset there was a movie and they did a lot of these lingering shots like they would linger on like the phone at the end of a scene or this and that. And I remember saying like to my mom when we left the movie theater, I didn't like the movie because they put too much emphasis on these long shots, which made you think that whatever you were seeing in those scenes were going to have something to do with the plot or the mystery or whatever was going on in the movie. And none of those shots. Are you talking about signs? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, added up to like a couple of minutes of of whatever you were watching, but had nothing to do with the movie itself. Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, these shows, when they put the camera on something and linger for a few minutes, there's reason and there's motive behind it uh, for the story. At least traditionally, that's always been the case. So if they were lingering on these hot dogs, I tell you, there's something up with these hot dogs. No, and I, I don't, I, Joe. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, Twenty one from the past in one of the other shows in Breaking Bad, where there was hot dogs, <laughs> some sort of hot dog thing. I think it was symbolizing. Was I think it was symbolizing Jimmy feeling his, uh, his, uh, his balls again, maybe, but possibly. Oh, Joe, 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 Joe. Uh, let's get, let's click over oh, here. Oh, what, what did they call him? You know, the the they were ballpark franks and he was he's being uh he was called what did howard call him sausages no you got your you <coughs> no got, what is howard's <laughs> name jimmy hot, no, i forget what he calls him uh, but people in the live chat can maybe get it um, for babe ruth or something it's it's matchbooks productive cough says bernie best episode of the season says gothamite uh the beginning was nostalgic as a, <coughs> as fuck for a breaking bag fan or i added the fuck but was nostalgic as a breaking bad fan iconic thought lol michael bay does but mountain two products jimmy got sloppy at the street level he needed some narcos not hot dog shit oh but what does jimmy call what does uh what does howard call him uh not a hot dog but he calls him so, something like that uh uh mr H- charlie hustle Charlie Hustle. Uh, Lindsay says, I love... It took me a second, Joe. I love how the hot dog place was called the Dog House. My foreshadowing senses were tingling. It was probably happening. They just got done watching the happening. I like hot dogs. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> I like hot dogs. No rats at Crystal Lake because Jason ate them all. Jason, you're awesome. You're you're like an owl keeping the farm safe from all sorts of pests. You're, you're, you're amazing, buddy. We got Bernie enjoyed some sandwiches, yet Joe is, Joe is definitely enjoying a bite of a sandwich there. Uh, Frank's Frank's and beans. Are we talking Frank's and beans? So, uh, so Jimmy gets into this. We get into this really. J- this show, another thing that I gotta say, it's probably the best show in history in making interesting montages. It's grown into that show. It's the anti on the eve of the Sons of Anarchy uh, sequel coming out. The uh, 
the uh, the the show that the Peggy montage, the Peggy montage, uh, Breaking Bad, Breaking Saul here, Better Call Saul has perfect and Breaking Bad to a certain extent perfected the musical montage. And Better Call Saul does it in so many interesting, unique ways. And they were talking about this on the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast, a way better podcast than this that you should be listening to. And please tell them I sent you. No, whatever. But please please mention in your review that Phil the Issues guy wants to have all them on and they produce the shit. Anyways, beside the point, the, the, it's just, it's really fucking awesome. So whatever. Let me, let me go. Oh, but montages. They make it a point to take all these montages and look at them in very different, interesting ways. And how can they make this other one unique? How can they make each one be extra special? And they do it. And they, and they go, just when we think we can't do anything else with a montage, we get an idea at the last minute and we do something cool. And all these Jimmy ones that they are, they're doing with him in the cell phone store and now him selling selling songs to the song catered to... Uh, Sync to the song Street Life uh, with him on the street selling phones in this huge montage that's almost akin to John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles selling shower curtains to people. It was almost akin to a scene like that with him just going crazy all over the place selling shit. It was just awesome that you can stop and do that in this show. And that's where Better Call Saul, because of Bob Odenkirk and Michael McKeon and the comedy aspect of it and its roots being in a 30-minute situational comedy, you always have that potential for the comedy of it because Bob Odenkirk is one of the 10 to 15, 20 funniest people on the planet. I mean, some could say higher, but I'm being reasonable because comedy is subjective. Bob Odenkirk is in the upper echelon of funny fucking people on the earth. So when you want to cater to that funny aspect... It's just in fucking credible, and Bob Odenkirk kills it in these montage. In this moment, watching him sell shit, Joe, you're gonna have so much fun in this scene. It's all to the all to the song "Street Life," "Street Life," "Street Life," baby. And they play the whole fucking song, Joe. They they play the whole fucking song. It goes on forever, and it's awesome. Nice. You're gonna love it. It's great. Yeah, and he's in a leisure suit the whole time too, Joe. He's in a fucking leisure suit. Thank you. I I called it a sweatsuit earlier, but but you're right. It's a fucking leisure suit. Leisure suit fucking Larry. Holy shit, Stephen Michael Davis, a $20 super chat donation. You got you were so incredible, dude, and all you super chatters are amazing and all you patrons are incredible too. Put out a special patron video this week. If you haven't seen it, and also put a little glimpse of a special link to a uh, to a piece of artwork I made uh, that you can check out at some point too on the patron list as well so check that out all you gotta do is become a patron you can see all of our extra shit that we added on there anyways let me spin the fucking wheel for steven michael mother effing davis thank you for the super chat donation you guys have been unbelievable tonight it means like seriously more than i can even tell you guys phil drink oh shit yeah i'll fucking drink i'll fucking drink you don't have to ask me twice motherfuckers so it's just a great thing. We get another song montage of him trying to make himself look less like a narc. He gets into a leisure shoot. He goes, and a lot of people are having fun selling, being like a drug dealer. And just so many amazing setup scenes that we see him selling these cell phones to people. I, I, I don't even want to go through them all because it's better to better to watch. And he ultimately only has four phones left, and this, and this uh, group of bikers pull up. And it seems like it's going to be a sketchy scene, but then we just see how good he actually is when he plays hey, all of them and he sells them the phones. So let's listen to a little bit of this. Did you get, uh, did you get that ink in Las Lunas? 
Las Cruces. And to Joseph's Joseph's point before I uh, before I play this clip, uh, that was just was a beautiful montage with all the different street people wondering how much time went into making it circa 2006 ish, and that's a very important aspect of this show. And I think they pay a lot of attention to it. Never do I think, oh, this is set in 2018. I never worry about the time at all. It it it, but it doesn't seem exactly like right now. But it's what they're doing in the show makes it not really matter, but I never really question that. And I think that's a credit to both shows that, they, that they're able to create this sense of ambiguity to the time period, and it doesn't make me want anything too much. But I agree, they do take extra special time with all those subtle details that Joe was talking about earlier. Nothing's left there for a reason. Every little thing has meaning, and every little thing is researched and done well. All these people love what they do and they don't like to suck <laughs> and they keep coming back to this project because they want to be there. It's one of those kind of projects. It's a passion piece for a lot of people. So they put a lot of time and effort into it. So uh, he spin the wheel, but he didn't read it. Oh no, it is uh, Phil Drink. No, both honestly, Stephen Michael Davis, both in a row landed on Phil Drink. So mm -mm -mm. Phil Drink once. Oh, God, I'm getting drunk. That's what's making me stall. I'm pretty fucking drunk. And let's play a little bit of music while I have my second drink. Thank you, Hannibal. Thank you, Hannibal. So here I am. Laura D. Great to see. Hey, everyone. Hello, Phil. The Issues Guy. Missed the live stream with you in the motherfucking chat. I didn't even watch the show, but I enjoy being here. I enjoy having you here, and I know July and August have been kind of off months as they are sometimes in the summer. We've been getting shit together for a move and also just been so hot in the studio. But starting in September, we're going to be going – or it is September now, but we're going to be going a lot more. I'll be probably live tomorrow night as well, if not on Wednesday morning. So uh, talking about the show Mayans and then Joe and I will probably be on one day later in the week as well this week, too. So we're going to get back to two, three times a week coming up now in the fall uh, with now that we have a little bit more time. Some more shows going to be on. Also, I have to mention again that we're not going to be doing the Emmys this year, even though how much I love doing the Emmys, because for some reason, I always thought the Emmys were on Sunday nights, but it seems like it's on a Monday night this year uh, and it's going against Better Call Saul. And I will not skip a Better Call Saul uh, podcast to do the Emmys. It's more of something that's a Sunday evening, so I'll do that live watch of it, but I'm not going to fucking watch the Emmys instead of watching an episode of Better Call Saul. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> can you exchange or walk a part of the war for a lead role of Cage? I think I can, Bloody Talker. I think I once did that. I think I once did that. Mayans is on at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, so I don't know if I'm going to be on right after that for some quick thoughts and then maybe... Uh, Wednesday morning with Joe for a little bit more of a detail thing after he gets to watch that because I know he's eagerly anticipating that, but he has to work tomorrow. So, uh, But I do want to maybe talk about it right after the episode airs uh, tomorrow evening as well. So we'll probably do a com combination thing, and maybe Joe and I will do a podcast midweek where we talk about Game of Thrones and we talk about uh, Joe's thoughts on Mayans as well. So, uh, so yeah, blah, 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 blah. Either way, we're going to be on a lot more coming up soon. I'm going to start doing more, uh, phone streams as well too, as a couple of people have said, just get the fuck on live more, you asshole. And I'm going to be doing it. Joe being one of them. So 
going to have to deal with me more. And I'm actually, someone just said Ozarks. I am watching season two of Ozarks currently at the moment. And I'm also watching season two of The Good Place right now. And I will be doing a podcast on both those. Uh, maybe at the same time, I don't know if Joe watches Ozarks. Maybe we can talk about that. I do. Okay, so season two, uh, I haven't finished it yet. Fantastic, I love it. Okay, so uh, so season two of Ozarks, Joe and I will do a podcast at some point of, and talk about season one as well. Even though I don't remember season one as well, but season two will be fresh in my mind, and Joe can remind me of things. But Ozarks is awesome too, which also has Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad associations. The person that mainly does that show is one of the writers from episodes of Breaking Bad. Uh, Breaking Bad and the Insiders podcast, they talk about that, how this show is a spinoff. Also, the director of episode three is the person that is the showrunner of season three of True Detective. So there's a lot of associations with... Breaking Bad in the Better Call Saul universe and some awesome projects that are happening pretty soon. Also, one of the cousins that is in the uh, last couple of episodes, one of you know the cousins, the Tuco cousins. One of the two cousins is is going to be in a new Clint Eastwood movie where he is directing and starring in Clint Eastwood, and uh, the uh, one of the cousins is a bigger is a is a role in that where he works with Clint Eastwood. Some more information from the Better Call Saul Insiders podcast. Anyways. Blibbity blah blah. Uh, it's basically Breaking Bad. It got described by one of the editors of Breaking Bad talking about it as Breaking Bad with no chill. And I can definitely see where people could say that about Ozarks. And they said it as a compliment. It's Breaking Bad with like less chill. <laughs> and I and I definitely get that. And it's uh, you can see where the pedigree of the Breaking Bad family exists on on Ozarks. I don't want to go down an Ozarks rant right now, but I, I can see. How it's in the same family. I can totally see that. Now that I know that, I'm like, yeah, okay, it makes perfect fucking sense that this per the person that that pitched this series is connected to the Breaking Bad universe somehow. And and I don't think it's copying or cloying of Breaking Bad. That's not what I mean. I just mean you. Can, I can see it's a little bit. It's a little bit. At times, can I can see that in concept, yes, but it's also it it takes it a much different tack to it. Jason Bateman's a far different character than Correct. it. It, it ha almost has some associations too, and his wife is very different than Skyler. Much more of a well-developed it's character. What it is, what it, this is, what I think it is. Quick it's, rant, guys. Quick side thing on Ozarks. No spoilers. It's a show. It's basically Breaking Bad, but what they did was they they made it not about drug activity on the surface it's more financial shit yeah more deal making so you have a little bit more of a leeway in your audience there are people that are just automatically turned off by drugs okay and have a hard time getting behind someone who's about drugs and who and and, and yeah it, it is there's a fair amount of drugs involved in the ozark thing but that's not where he gets his no no his his whole kicks on route 66 is is fucking people over with deals and and is that, the finances is the, the finance, finance. It, and it almost reminds me somewhat of the uh the 80s movie hiding out with uh ducky there but whatever whatever okay uh well, so, Joe... so so you you're allowed so your audience you have the opportunity for a lot more people to get behind this guy who's just trying to do for his family, right? And get out of this shit or make, make life better for himself rather than uh, it being about drugs. Now, B 
because he's still doing criminal activity, all those people who liked Breaking Bad and didn't give a shit about drugs aren't going to give a shit about the crimes he's committing in this. But the people who were turned off because it was crimes with drugs can get behind this as well. I get behind it too, Joe. And Joe so and it's, I, it's different, but it's the same. It's the same. It's almost the same story. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun fun series, and it's gonna be a fun podcast. Look for that coming up in the next couple of weeks from Joe and I. We'll be doing a Ozarks podcast. We also want to do a couple of live watches as well coming up. So okay, so some dark music plays. Uh, he sells the last phones, and uh, then the dudes from earlier that called the monarch show up and beat the shit out of him and take all of his money. So and Jimmy was left laying on the ground as the screen as the as it pans up with another amazing shot. The, I fucking spoiled, dude. I'm fucking spoiled. There's so many amazing shots that I want to write about and talk about in every moment of this episode. Weird angles and the way they show it things. Time. The it in the way time. that they set up where the whole camera angles filled with a wall and then someone's head's poking up from the top. It's always intentional. It's always incredible. And fuck dude, some movie cinema. And I don't want Vince Gilligan and his team to work on movies. I think they're, they're mediums television, but they do it in such a cinematic fashion. that I wouldn't mind watching some of these episodes on big screens. That I guess that's what I'll say. And we've talked about this before. I think I'd love to start a movie theater that just shows television shows that shows a classic series or something where, or not, or I'd love a theater to have a night where they showed uh, five Soprano episodes because I know they show movie blocks or five Game of Thrones episodes or half a season of Westworld or something, whatever. And I know that's just so you can sleep when you have insomnia, Joe, so you can go watch the half a season of Westworld. <laughs> Anyways, so we come back in and Kim is woken up by Jimmy cleaning up his wounds from being all fucked up. Awesomely played accurate acting scene by Kim, who doesn't notice at first that Jimmy's bleeding and all fucked up in the sink, but then goes, what's wrong with you? As she's waking up and he's like, I got mugged and he doesn't really have to lie, which is true. She goes into uh, take checking his pupils to see if he has concussions and she goes into taking care mode with peroxide. She pushes, pushes him on the issues. Why didn't he call the cops? What really happened? Jimmy's like, what the fuck's wrong with me? I'm all fucked up. place at the wrong time. Back in the day. Phil, why don't you talk about Game of Thrones and Vikings anymore? Sorry, off topic. I do, but I mainly talk about shows when they're in season. I, and there's so many other shows to talk about. Uh, Game of Thrones, I haven't talked about in a while, and I do want to talk about in the off season. It's just been a little bit of a break that I've uh, I've taken from it, not on purpose, just because of some life stuff. Uh, so some extra stuff has had a go by the wayside but much more in this channel where more stuff happens we like to talk about it not as much predicting and and analyzing too much when we get actually stuff to talk about when we start getting pictures and we start getting trail real trailers and stuff we'll definitely be getting into it more and more vikings when the new season starts we'll be talking about every episode again uh so we tend to talk more about shows when they're in the season of the show that being said if you ever have any requests, I got issues, man, at gmail.com. If you have a specific request of a kind of episode or kind of review you would want, talk about Game of Thrones, this subject, uh, we'd love to. Joe and I are just bad at coming up with, with concepts of ideas for shows. We're like, what are we talking oh, about? Yeah. Send, send, send a subject matter yeah. on television. You guys, you guys want us to talk about something and do a podcast? We'll do it any night, any week. Cheers came from my nephew. 
Yeah, my cheers. Wanted cheers and you tell us. You want us to talk about uh, Game of Thrones, zip, zip, zibbity? Email us at igotissuesman at gmail.com and we'll do a podcast about it. We want to know what you guys want to hear. Same with the patrons. You guys have an open door for that as well. Let us know and we'll make the podcast happen. Email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. Uh, private message me any way you can and we will make that shit happen, Laura. Tell us and we will fucking do it. Don't tell me now in the live chat. Message me privately because if I see in the live chat now, I'll fucking forget. And I got to drink again. So, uh, okay. So then we get to see Jimmy and he's like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me, Jerry? I would have spotted those low rent little skeeves from a mile away and they would have known not to roll me. Yeah. How would they have known that? I don't Vikings is amazing and I can't wait for the season. I'm definitely feeling, um, no, I'll wait to talk about that. Sorry. Better call Saul. Well, because back then, uh. I guess. You know, part of me thinks we should change the show, Joey, where we just go a couple of nights a week and we just talk about whatever we want. But, but we'll talk about that in the we'll talk about that off air. We should just have a night a week where we do that. Yeah, one night a week where we have an absolute bullshit night where there is or morning, morning mor show. For your you would you you would like that. You would be better in the morning. I, I mean, I would not. I would. I wouldn't Steph mind that. Gets as well. you up when she goes to work. You're oh, just no. gonna keep your ass out of bed. I'm up every. I'm up every morning. There. I'm up every morning. I'm up every, every fucking morning. Just one of them. Those days. Good night, DJ. Yeah. But. Uh... What? You know what? Um, oh, I think tomorrow I might uh, call. That shrink. So Jimmy's hurt, right? So Jimmy, call the psychiatrist. Finally? Yeah, Jimmy's starting to understand that there's something wrong with him after all this. That there's something wrong with his des desire to get this criminal acceptance, which I unfortunately can relate to on so many levels. Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. Like, dude, it's ridiculous. I I completely identify with like. Like part of the reason why I'm so good at my job is because of the, uh, uh, because of your youth. It's it, the, the large part of the population that I deal with, not everybody that I deal with, but there's a, a large segment of the population that I deal with at my work that has a criminal past or a criminal background or current criminal activity. And, you know, I have history on shade shady areas of town as Ed, know, as like... eddie murphy says in beverly hills cop you and you and i and the and we both in different parts and together and whatever we we uh we we fractured the occasional law as a child <laughs> right exactly so you know and there's there whatever you want to say about it there's a thrill there's when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing that you know you shouldn't be doing there's a thrill in it there's adrenaline going oh it's yeah it's an addictive behaviors. Yeah. You know? And it's why these shows breaking bad and better call Saul are so relatable to us personally. And I think to so many people that can relate to the, the beat, the normalcy of life the and moral how moral gray areas or in the normalcy of life and how you can be attracted to the dynamic that these kind of lifestyle choices can make give you. And and simply for the easy money of it or simply for the fun of it, simply for the way it just can distract you from the real problems of your life. There's so many ways that that people think of drugs or gambling as a drug or something like that. But 
a lifestyle can be that fulfilling moment too. And this fucked up lifestyle is definitely an element of it. And Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad examine that so incredibly well. Better than anyone. So, uh, oh boy. Yeah, let's watch the Outlaw King trailer. I'm not going to watch any trailers on the air anymore because every one of my videos ends up getting flagged and taken down that I sh show a fucking trailer. But I will check that out at some point, Bloody Talker. Send me a message about that. We got to watch the trailers without sound. Yeah, we do. We, yeah, we Separate the sound from the trailer we got to figure that we got to figure that shit out it's fucking bullshit it, but i don't want to talk about that crap okay so uh so jimmy's like what's wrong with me he wants to go to the shrink so then we see jimmy uh oh taking up taking down the paint on uh, at the cell phone store that he had set up then we see kim in court showing up or showing up at denise's house and here's where we get into more kim really cool stuff. denise why are you still here you're supposed to meet me in court an hour ago so I missed it, right? Not yet. I got the clerk to push your hearing, but we've got to go now. I can't. I'm freaking out. I'm sorry, Ms. Wexler, but I can't go to jail. We got a message from DJ that says, Hi, I'm got Mrs. in chat, but I was wondering, whose card do you think Jimmy gave to uh, assist in the opening scene where Jimmy says, I don't know who he gave, whose card that was. That's a good question. I have to rewatch that scene, DJ, but very good question. Jack, okay, so so Kim tries... I mean, it's not too much of this scene. Kim tries to talk her client into showing up in court. And she, client's like, I don't want to go to jail. And Kim's like, well, if you don't show up to court, you're going to definitely go in jail. And at least if you come with me, we have a sporting chance. You might do sometime, but I'm really fucking good. And and she's like, yeah, I don't know if I can know. But she ultimately talks the girl into going. But then Paige calls her and says, I need you, Kim. Major error in the branch paperwork that went out to Denver and Flagstaff. It has to be fixed ASAP. Unfortunately, uh, I'm right in the middle of something, but I can be there at four. I need you now. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. I don't know what to tell you, Paige. I just... Not right now. But, Kim, this is... I'm sorry. And then she hangs up on her. Yeah, she's busy. Denise, it's time! But she... But this is not the deal she made to her. She made a deal to her to say that she'd be available to her 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anytime she needs her, she will be available to her. So, yep. so Kim is ultimately either with her knowledge, consciously or unconsciously self-destructing her job right here. Come on, we gotta go. And Kim... Uh, consciously. Con probably. She doesn't want to do this job anymore. She didn't want to do it in the first place. She didn't want to do it at all. You know, like... Uh, she wanted HHM, right? Mm. She did not want to be this isn't where she thought she, her life would be this isn't what she thought she would be doing and she was having that thought when she was walking around those model buildings you know she she didn't want it she saw where it was going and how much of her life it was going to take and she did not want it holy shit we got an iron throne uh sighting in the live chat and i agree joe She's got, and in the last couple of episodes, when she starts to see the growth that they want, she's fucking freaked out by that. She doesn't want to be this deep in these fucking people. And, but she's so afraid to go away from it because it's such good money and such a good stability situation that it's just a fucked up parallel for her because she wants out, but she doesn't want out. And this is where we get that stuff that Big J talks about. We have another message from Big J that we're going to play a little bit too. 
in a little bit. And also a message oh, from, from the blood. Big J message. Did we finish the last one? We did finish the last one, but we but he got cut off in the middle of it. So that's why I think we have a second half. Um, and also we have the bloody talker as well, who's always awesome, leaving a message. But this is one of those moments that I think Big J loves about this show and I love about this show too. It's so fucking relatable to real life. And everything that Kim's dealing with. Sometimes you get in a job or you get in a situation. And you should love it. You should be so happy in this situation. But you don't know why. But you know it's not right. And I think Kim is not quite there yet where she knows it's not right. But there's some dynamic of that in there, Joe. She knows that this situation isn't right for her. She knows she doesn't want to be in it. But she also can't get away from it because of the money situation. And yep. that's why she's trying to show up at court and this is where we were at last week where I was on going, the Kim scene was really good, but I wanted to know why she was in the courtroom, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, they give it to me in the next fucking episode. I don't have to wait a half a fucking season to see what's up with Kim. We know what's up with right. Kim. We can see it right now. It's very clear after this episode. They give me what I want. They ask questions. They leave it hanging for an episode. Then they answer it. Then they ask more fucking questions. That's how you do it. You don't take one fucking question and you have it stretch it across a whole season, Walking Dead, or every show on CW. You don't right. fucking do that. Yes, you do, because that's how that's the model that's gotten TV where it is, right? And they don't have to do that. And th this is this and so you know what you have to thank for that not happening anymore in a lot of this good TV is the writer's strike mm. right the writer's strike made tv cut from 22 episodes 20 to 25 episodes a season down to 10 because they didn't want to pay writers so writers now have to work two shows instead of one show they write two different shows at a time a lot of times or they get you know hemmed into the one show they only have to write the 10 episodes they can answer this shit much quicker for us yeah netflix is great for it small seasons only thing I wish they'd do is still make 20 episode seasons or two seasons a year every six months. That's what they got to start getting behind because year long wait between shit is just a nightmare. It's tough sometimes. It's harder with some shows than others, but it's really difficult because you're in such a different mindset when you go from year to year like that. But whatever. I'm just I just want more good shit. So it's tough sometimes when you're in that those dark times when you've watched everything and it's like, oh, okay, I'll watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the seventh time. So uh, Paige is like, listen, you fucked up and Kevin's pissed off too. He doesn't even want to see you. I had to pull everyone on the floor to retype and proof the submission because we didn't have the files and your paralegal didn't know where they were. I'd really like to apologize to Kevin personally as well if he's available. He's not. Let me be very clear. The mistake is not the issue here. Everyone makes mistakes, but I need to know your head is in this. You made us a promise that Mesa Verde would be your sole focus. When we need you, we need you. We're not a client you hang up on. I'm really sorry, Paige. It'll never happen again. I hope not. Or you're fucking fired. So uh, Kim's trying to fuck this all up is what it seems like to me. Uh, so uh, we come back in and it's time for another meeting with Mike and all this whole scene. And the the German, we see a German guy and he's getting sick because of having the mask on and driving in the car. He's like Joe Dirty Locks. 
and this guy sits down and he relaxes a bit and Mike's like, dude, you, 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 uh, you, you okay over there? And this guy, it's, it's a definitely a different vibe than the last guy. This guy immediately is just slow. He's sick. He can't handle it. He's looking at a little book. He's old school. He's taking his time. He's very, very plotting, very, uh, very, very specific in his movements. It's, uh, it's very interesting. Explosion. I take the drum on me, but it doesn't help. <laughs> but he takes that and then it comes back in and he starts talking about the situation. Over there? Over there. And he figures it out and continues. He's just super careful. And I mean, I could play more of this, but he, he figures it out. He starts sizing up, pulling out his tape measure, looking around, and... Now can I fully excavate? He gets... I would need to move perhaps 1,700 cubic meters of dirt. That means tracking out about 200 loads. That's a lot of loads. He doesn't just say, I can do it. Right, not at all. He's not the other guy that we saw, and we assume the other guys that they're talking to are all like, "Yeah, I can do this. Six months. Give me six months." And this guy's like, "There's a lot of problems with trying to do this job that you want." Yeah, this is gonna be difficult. I maybe can do this. Maybe I can't, and I'm not even quite sure I can do this. I mean, I'd like to try, but I can't. I can't have access. I want the job, but but and I can't have access from outside. This all has to be done in secret. And you really want me to do this? Uh, he's very, he's. It's very interesting the way, the tactic that this guy takes with it, or not the tactic. He's just honest. And as I mentioned earlier, it turns Mike and Gus on. Yes. Going this deep, we will surely rock. They want to go deep, which means blasting. <laughs> I oh, we need schematics of utility in the area. You'll get those. Once the space is fully cleared, I can waterproof and fabricate casts for the retaining walls and pour concrete. We would need... Uh, <laughs> about 150 cubic meters. This is just the beginning. And all this in complete secrecy. Judging from the sounds I heard, I assume we are not far from a town. This is also not uh, optimal. A project like this. Many, many things can go wrong. And that's it. A project... They were blindfolded on the way there? He was blindfolded on the way. They got, it got uh, him safe. Yeah. Judging by the sounds I heard. Yeah. It's, and ultimately all of this makes Gus turned on. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure if I can get all this together. It turns Gus on enough to be like, I'm on my way out there. I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, SM, I will definitely, we're going to play all the messages when we're done with the recap. We're very close to being done. Wow. I can see so much better with these glasses on. It's, it's like ridiculous. 
Uh, I also take my Adderall, so I need to know what I'm Adderall. Like a crazy bitch that uh, it's. I can only do one episode. Max says the bloody talker. Lindsay says I can hold. I can totally read. It's ridiculous. Oh, Lindsay and Laura are talking back back and forth. Laura says regular TV sucks more and more these days. I only watch a few Animal Kingdoms, Viking, Game of Thrones documentaries on public television. I look to Netflix to give me shows I like and could watch as I wish. Oh my god, I can actually read. It's ridiculous. Um. Okay, boys and girls, come on down to Phil's library. Sorry, Sorry, everybody. I think it would have a difficult time trying to process everything going on in the season if I binged the post to watching week to week. I mean, I like the concept of watching week to week in some aspect. It's fun. It obviously has a big dynamic to what we do here, but... I don't know. I, I, I think I prefer to binge watch a show in a big giant block. That being said, there's nothing wrong with having to wait. I guess it, it, it puts hair on your chest to, to, uh, to, to uh, borrow a cliche, I guess. If I, I don't know, Joe. How do you feel about that? If you could get every show to binge watch it at this point, would you just want to binge watch every show? Do you think every show ultimately should just release all their shows ten episodes at a time? Or okay, so it's it's a weird question. I it's not a, it's a good question, but I'm not sure how I feel about it. I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings about that too. And if I could binge watch every show, that means everything is basically Netflix, right? Or Amazon or who or whatever. Or, like. or, or, or like that, right? So it really would turn cable into just the channel flipping thing you have on in the background. The only reason why I haven't cut a cord is there's a few shows that I don't want to wait to have to watch an extra year, right? And so I pay a lot of money for like the five shows that we talk about. And, and if you if, always on in the background, if Netflix, you, I can't do that. I can't decide to pick something and just let it run. And if you could watch all those shows, even shows like The Walking Dead or, or Vikings and stuff, if you could watch all of those in 16 episode block or 12 episode block or whatever it is, would you prefer to watch it in that way? Okay, God. I can only Better Call imagine. Saul. Would you prefer to watch Better Call Saul all 10 episodes? Let's, let's stick to the show we're talking about. Would you prefer to watch Better Call Saul all 10 episodes at the same time? Or do you like watching? I absorb watch... it so much different. When we do it like this, when we watch one at a time, Phil, and we pick apart the episodes, I get so much more out of the episode because I, I focus so much more on each individual episode as I watch it. That's what I'm saying. When, that That's the weird part of it. I watch it in a block like three episodes go by and like there's a lot of little things you miss. You're, you're so focused on the macro story. You miss a lot of little details. I think I wouldn't watch the walking distance Bernie. Uh, it's called piracy, Joe piracy. Uh, yeah, Negan, Negan, the Negan episodes. Like I just can't imagine binge watching every, like since the moment Negan walked on screen, Quick, quick, now. quick! Like Walking Dead announcement that uh, Opie has just been uh, signed on to be on the Walking Dead. Good. Yeah, that could that could that could be good. I'm an Opie fan. I'm an Opie fan too. I, I like him. I leave. I liked him on Bates Motel. I liked him on pretty much anywhere he shows up in. Remember the Titans. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Did you see? Um, did you watch Outsiders or whatever it was? The I have not. I have not. But he. But, he, but he's good. Okay, so back to Better Call Saul here before we get too far. Uh, but Gus is super turned on because we're almost at the end of this episode, and Gus is like, "Let me come out here." 
I'm Gus Frick. And he says, is this impossible? It's impossible. Dangerous. Difficult. Very, very expensive. Not quite impossible. Gustavo Frick. It's for me. It'll be kind of sharp to mock me. Whoa, he's going all diehard, this motherfucker. Lana Tigla. Basa, basa. Shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. Uh, so then we get into Jimmy, who is we're almost at the end of this episode. Uh, we're at the metal detector, and he's visiting the courthouse, going into the bathroom, and he sees Howard. And Howard is all fucked. You're good. Yeah, how are you doing? I've been better. I'm heading up to the DA's office for my PPD check-in, so, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Laura says, love the show Outsiders Sad It's Over, Joe. What was supposed to be the main guy. What was that, Joe? I missed that. What did you say? I, I enjoyed season one. I got turned off with season two when dude wasn't dead. Kill a guy, dude. Just kill a guy. That's all. You sure you're okay? Supposed to be in court in uh, about 25 minutes. This guy, the guy who plays Howard is an awesome actor. He, he just... He was on an episode of Friends I saw today. Oh, really? He, he, he's, uh, he's, he's playing this character really exceptionally interesting. You're watching Friends? Dude. Dude. Anyways. Background noise. It's okay. funny. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying both Friends and Seinfeld. You know, I, I never liked either of those shows when they were on. Yeah, I, I'm a big Seinfeld guy, but uh, but I know you never you were never a big fan of it. It's good back. I sitcoms, old sitcoms like '90s and '80s sitcoms are excellent background noise shit because it's yeah. funny when you when you pay attention to it. It's entertaining, but you don't have to pay attention to it completely. You can kind of pick up on the one one two beat jokes. Uh, so. Uh, so yeah, so Jimmy and Howard keep going back and forth. Howard is all fucked up, and Jimmy kind of is pushing on him that, you know, you should probably go to see therapy. What's fucking wrong with you? And Howard says, you know what's wrong with me, and I'm already seeing a therapist. Big case, not particularly. So what's up? <sighs> Nothing, just. <laughs> and Howard's afraid to talk to Jimmy about it because he's afraid of Kim's wrath. You ever have insomnia? Not really. Wouldn't wish it on the worst enemy. Don't they have pills for that? <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I gotta ask. Uh Nothing's wrong with you, Laura. That you can't get in sitcoms anymore. It's it's a tired sort of thing. It's it's tough. I mean, if I didn't grow up with them. In a sense that they're very, they remind me of childhood in some sense. Uh, I don't think I would get into them as much as well. As well, uh, so I can totally relate to you not necessarily being able to get into sitcoms. I wouldn't say there's there's uh, there's nothing wrong with you. What's he, what's he, 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 like animated sitcoms? I'm way into. I got that's most of my watching. Yeah, go Bojack. Bojack is coming soon too. Bojack season two, or the new season. Check out Big Mouth on Netflix. Dude. Big Mouth is very good as well. Did you? Uh, 
wait to the end. I think I've shared enough. More than enough. Let's leave it at that. So ultimately what comes in this scene is Jimmy goes, you should see a therapist, gives him the number that Kim has passed on to him. And Howard says, I've, or, I'm seeing a therapist. And Jimmy uses this as an excuse to rationalize to himself that he doesn't have to see one because if it's not working for Howard, fuck you. Uh, it's not going to work for me. No, I, I love you, Laura. And, uh, and so Jimmy uses it as an excuse to rip up the card of the psychiatrist uh, slash therapist and just move on. Fuck therapy. So we go off to an aerial view of the office. Jim is Jimmy is in his hearing or update, whatever his monthly update thing, and uh, and it's going all normal. So we get it. You know what, Howard? Uh, you do yourself a favor and you go see someone. Oh no, wrong one. This service, one. community service, right? Well, it looks like you completed your hours. Yep. Your PPD fees are up to date. And you've recently procured lawful employment at CC Mobile. Address? 8351 Louisiana Boulevard. 8351 Louisiana. Like, I wonder if that's the same address as the Better Call Saul offices and he ends up buying the cell phone store. But I don't know. I'd have to check in there. Uh, his office was much bigger than One just that. Louisiana. Store. How many hours a week? This week, uh, 31, but we'll pick up more. Next month, bring pay stubs. Will do. Are you associating with any known criminals? Mm. No. All right. So this is our big end of the episode, and I'm going to play this all the way through as we get a slight sandwich effect. And I love the sandwich effect. We, we've often talked. I did a podcast. Joe, Joe wasn't available for that one, but Joe and I worked out all the rules, the rules for television. Uh, so we're always looking out for new rules or signs or pokes or whatever. A sandwich thing that happens a lot in TV, and I like it. It's a good device that's used. You have something at the beginning that connects with the end. We see the beginning that we see Saul as Saul. There's a lot of reasons why we saw that. Obviously, the introduction to the cell phones, as Joe mentioned, I think is one part of it. Another part of it is just the connection that we see Jimmy at the end of the episode starting to get the idea of becoming that character, becoming that person, pushing into that direction. And we hear it in this scene. Month two looks good. Have you thought about what you're going to do once your PPD is up? I have some plans. Okay. Uh, Lindsay says, I also really like Always Sunny for a sitcom. Uh, oh, God, that's that's one of the best shows on television sitcoms ever made. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. I, I've only really watched the first season of it, so I need to catch up big time eventually. But wow, I, there's such good shit in that show. I love it. I love it. It's one of those shows I'm saving for the right time. Someday I'm going like, to be sick in bed, and I'm going to need a show to binge to get healthy. 
and That's it's gonna the be one. it's gonna be always sunny. I'm like saving it like a fine bottle of wine. There's so, and they. That's the DeVito thing about Devito is fucking brilliant in this. Devito series. is one of our treasures. Let, let me finish this episode because Joe and I, because Joe, I know you do. We both kind of want to go on some rants right now, so let, let's finish this episode a bit across all because this is literally the end of the episode. Such and... as. Until then, I'll show up here every second Monday of the month, like clockwork. I'm gonna keep my job at the cell phone store, and in nine months and twenty-four days. I will get my law license back. My partner and I will get a new office. It'll be like it was, but bigger and better. Everything will be better. I'm going to have more clients. I'm going to win more cases. I'm going to be a damn good lawyer, and people are going to know about it. Okay. <laughs> so, lawyer. So, lawyer. Yeah. Lawyer. That's what I'm going to be, motherfucker. And that's the end of our episode. They really know how to end these episodes, really, on high points. Ah! As we lead into next week's episode, we're not going to play scenes from next week, but, Joe, that's the end of our episode, and I think you're going to have a lot of fun watching this episode when you absolutely get to watch it. I think this is right there with episode three of the season as another one of the high point episodes. I think uh, there's been a lot of really cool episodes this season. All five of them have been entertaining as fuck. I would say the highlight episodes. Edge of my seat shit. Edge of my seat shit from from go. From go. Season one on. There has not been a single episode of this series where I've been like, that sucked. That was awful. I wouldn't have done this. I don't understand that. These characters make no fucking sense. Like, everything, even, even like the, the, outlandish behavior of sick people all made sense it all makes sense it's all fucking awesome and everyone that thinks we're negative about shit just listen to our better calls all recaps when we listen start getting our early walking dead recaps listen to our game of thrones recaps listen to we're not negative we're negative when shit we love goes bad like it's hard not to get yeah. negative yeah like, and, and i i i miss that a little bit a I'm, how do you fucking joe, turn turn that into fucking rainbows and joe sunshine? is it sad that i'm missing the days of the walking dead to rag on something we need to watch something bad i'm craving something bad. no i don't miss it <laughs> you, you, that and, is bad phil the fan a negative person <laughs> the friends of the podcast want to hear you hate something i i know they do uh, so hey so anyways everybody if you're here just We're for better gonna get it with salt <laughs> if you're if you're here just for Better Call Saul. There's not much else we can say about this episode. Awesome episode of Better Call Saul. Thank you so much for joining in. We're going to play a couple of voicemails now, so I guess we aren't done with Better Call Saul quite yet. And then uh, we're going to babble a little oh, yeah, bit. Yeah, we got to finish off uh, Big Kev. Yeah, we got our Big J. We got Big J's Big message, Kev. and then we got uh, Bloody Talker, and then we got J. So we got a couple of messages. You don't want to give us Big J's blue balls here. So let's give Big J's blue balls all over your face, Joe. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you. Yeah, I got cut off. Big J's very long-winded tonight. I apologize. But uh, anyway, um, second half of my voicemail, um, just to close up, um, yeah, so fucking Jimmy got mugged, Jimmy, Jimmy got mugged because Jimmy fucking let his guard down, you know, he got a little too big for his britches, you know, and uh, he let his guard down, you know, like. He did, he totally got his his guard down. uh, Like he said, you know, the punk. I don't think he was ever a tough guy, so when he said that that was me, I don't believe that. But those those kids, uh, you know, they're going to get what's coming to them. And, uh, you know, 
it just shows that he has the smarts to, uh, you know, go out there and hustle and make some money. But you I know what? He let his guard down. For- was that Joe? I, I don't think he was saying necessarily he was a tough guy when he said th- they wouldn't have thought twice about mugging me. Uh, I think he was more saying I would have seen them coming and I would have known how to deal with them and they would not have even thought about mugging me. It never even would have crossed their mind. But he didn't, you know, he's old. Like, dude, we we went out the other night, right? And we're sitting in a bar and I'm looking around and I'm like, we're like the only fucking, we used to be the 20-year-olds sitting in a bar. We're like the old guys that are sitting in a bar now that we would look at then and go, look at, wow. We, we were dude. totally the old guys. The The young kids were like a couple of seats over from us. And Joe and I were like the uh, the, the, the ancient people sitting in the back of the bar on the fucking Thursday night. Was it Thursday? It was, Wednesday. It was like a Wednesday. Who, who gives a fuck? Like, look at you with your white fucking beard. Dude, I'm I'm fucking Santa Claus. Like we were we were the old guys in the corner. Who was that dude that knew us, dude? I don't know. If he's watching the show, sorry, I don't I don't remember you. But he I, he seemed like he watched the show. He brought the show up. He brought the like, show. Oh, he sorry, might be we're not doing a cable show. Or, yeah, he or, might he might be watching or like show. an inter- yeah. I'm sorry, Mister Issues guy. He he did make an Issues guy reference. So if you're listening to this, sorry. Oh, I think he worked at. WMWM. I think he worked on the radio station that I did my radio show on. Okay. But he did know you. Yep. He knew me as well. He knew you. He said something about Joe Dirty Locks or some shit like that. Yep. So strange, dude. <laughs> wicked, wicked dude, dude. When we go back for Joe's, uh... he gets celebrity. <laughs> no, 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 no. We did that. Definitely not. Like, like Z level. Like, if we're ever talking about like. We were Z minus level, maybe. So anyway, I, so I don't think he was saying he was going to be a tough guy, Big J. I think he was saying that he just he's a smart enough grifter to not get himself mugged. Yeah, he should have seen those guys coming. The little right. you always got to watch out for the little scumbag punks, man. You know they're the ones that are going to rob you. So uh, I think it was a lesson learned, and it shows again. Once again, he was ready to. He started erasing all the shit, you know, about um, you know. All the paint and everything, and uh, from the store. Um, Jay, to answer your question, uh, back in 2008 through 2010, I had a radio show at a local Salem radio station, and in 1998-97, I was like interning at a station in Ling called WFNX, and I'd occasionally be on the air sometimes. Uh, and yeah, that, uh, but ultimately it was mainly like a college radio, but it was like, it's also a local radio station that just, uh, not just students have shows on the radio station, but anyways, it was, uh, probably in the time of 2008 to 2010 was when the radio show existed. Back to big J's message started showing like you know he was getting weak there but then he had and then he had the card for the psychiatrist and he was gonna go see it he was starting to be like a little get the son to pussy out a little bit and then uh uh-huh. i think he started thinking about that 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 wolf and the lamb thing that that guy told him about with his father the reason he hated those other guys so uh that's why he threw that card down the fucking thing and uh Look at my account and look at Gus without that was some fucking. Oh, that's a really good point, Big J. As always, Big J dropping some knowledge. 16 with the bag over the head. So the show's heating up. 
uh, we're getting into breaking bad stuff. The breaking bad stuff, I, I'm assuming that that guy that helped him, uh, that's gonna help him, the one that he accepted, I'm assuming he was in breaking bad, so just let me know about that. And, um. He was not in breaking bad, but we see his work. There was something else I wanted to ask you about, but, uh, I'm sure you'll hit it on her in your review. So, alright, looking forward to it. Lady, you fucking crazy fucking bastards. <laughs> As always, if anything, it's what's so amazing about doing this show, Joe, for the last couple of years, last last many years, whatever, it's the when we do certain shows, the certain people are only around we'll watch and, certain shows. That only watch certain shows, so we only get to see Big J once a year. Uh, I mean, he sometimes pops in on Game of Thrones stuff as well, but uh, and hopefully he'll be around during the final season of Game of Thrones. And that comes we got out as well. one Emily Game of Thrones message last season. Yeah, one Emily Game of Thrones message last season. We got a lot of Emily ones in the tank, and we hope Emily comes back eventually as well too. Uh, someone was watching. I think lordy, it was Lordy Lordy. Do I wish Emily would come back? Yeah, I me too. Uh, uh, Stephanie Steph Snow, who's going back and listening to some oh, of our man. old Game of Thrones messages, uh, uh, was was discovering Emily for the first time, who is one of our class classic hall of fame callers so emily if you're ever listening to this make sure you called during game of thrones season if not well if you know emily tell her to give us a call yeah 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 if you know emily anyway if you, if you know lordy 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 that game of thrones if you know emily call us. we love her yeah we we do she's she's our favorite well i was gonna play a song but no that's not the one every day Every day, a caller of the Fill the Issues Guy show disappears. If you find them, please tell them to call back, because they're very funny. For every J that we have that's been with us from almost since the beginning, we have an Emily who somehow disappears. We love you, Emily. Don't ever come back. Please. I mean, don't, not, don't ever come yeah, back. Whoa. No, wait, what did I just say? Don't ever not come back. Don't ever not come back. We hope to hear Emily again sometime. Iron wants Emily back. Do we all want Emily to come back? So uh, let's listen to the bloody talkers message now. It's time for some bloody fucking talker. Let's listen to this bastard. And I just wanted to say, Joe, I am really disappointed in you. That was a weak-ass impression of me. I mean, that was a... Joe, Joe, do I have to come up there? Do I have to grab you by the dreads and just bitch smack a better impression out of you? I mean, come on, Joe. This is ridiculous. Hey, Phil. How you doing, buddy? Huh? Keep up the good work. Uh -huh. And oh, I just wanted to say, huh, that bloody talker guy, he's a cool dude. Uh -huh. Pretty cool dude. Totally. Joe, I'm watching you. Don't make the fucking mouse come up there. Goodbye. Huh? <laughs> Joe, how do you respond to this? <laughs> That's pathetic, Joe. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi everybody, this oh, is Mickey Mouse. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, dreads. Oh, 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 oh. Go fuck yourself, Joe. Oh. Big Kev for the super chat donation. Spin the fucking yeah. wheel for Big Kev. Hopefully, all of Big Kev's draws are coming up big time. Big Kev, I hope you come out to Everett, Massachusetts, and play some poker with Joe and I when the card room opens up. Hope you make your way out here. I'd love to uh, have you give Joe and I some tips on our game and help us improve. By uh, anyway, probably take our money. No, but Big Kev, message me privately. I got issues, man, at gmail.com. You've just won a review commentary of your choice. That means you get to request any episode of any television show you want or a movie or whatever, and Joe and I have to request it. Don't tell us now. 
Email me privately at igotissuesman at gmail.com. Congratulations, Big Kev. You won the fucking best prize in the wheel, buddy. You won a review. I miss Timo. I miss Timo, too. Timo has a very important job and a very time-consuming job. Uh, she probably will be back during Game of Thrones season. But lots of love to Timo. Here we go. So for Timo. It's Timo's rip of the night. It's Timo's rip of the night. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. It's Timo's rip of the night. 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 Go Ramsey, Snow. Go Ramsey, go Ramsey, go Ramsey. <laughs> Lots of love to Timo. Miss Timo, who is amazing, who I have talked to a little bit in private messaging. And she just has a really time-consuming job right now. She, she's not able to uh, to join us as much as possible. But she is intending to be a part of Game of Thrones final season. So you will see the lovely Miss Timo again. So uh, everyone send your kind vibes to the wonderful Timo. Big Kev, thank you. You're fucking amazing. So uh, so everybody, I, I guess, Joe, it's about, it's about time. Any, anything else we got to talk? Oh, uh, you're talking about sitcoms. Have you watched uh, the show, was it Unchanted or whatever it is? The, uh, the new... Uh, Disenchanted. Disenchanted, yes. What, are your, yes. what are your opinions on that? I might have an episode left. Um, it was slow to grow on me. I'm going to, I enjoyed it. I didn't dislike it. Uh, it wasn't too many like hilarious moments. Yeah, it's good. It wasn't big mouth. No, I, I, I'm, I don't like big mouth as much as you do, but it's real, but I definitely see what you're saying. It's, it's good. It's good. I, I, I feel the same way. I wasn't crazy about it in the way I am about Futurama or the way I was about early Simpsons. It, but it, it definitely has a great element. Uh, Fry or Billy West and John DiMaggio are incredible at it in the, in the show. They're, they're the best two aspects of the entire show. And the fact that most of the voice actors are Futurama people is really fucking cool. Billy West does a lot of those. Yeah. Billy West does. John DiMaggio does the King, I believe. Um, I had a good time watching it. Would I like tremendously, incredibly recommend it to people? Not necessarily, but it's definitely cool to see Matt Groening's real humor again, aside from what you see in modern day Simpsons. Right. And we got one message for Jay from Jay as well. So uh, let's play Jay's message. Let's see what we did wrong, Joe. Uh, no, uh, and I already know the answer to your question. Uh, Jay, the answer is no. This is a J- Jay's about to ask a Taka question, Joe. <laughs> Bloody Talker says meh. Bernie says it took me three tries, but I finally got into it. It's 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 one of those kind of shows. It didn't hook me at first, too. But yeah. there's de- there's something there. I didn't not like it. I just wasn't gaga about it. Is that if that makes sense? That makes perfect sense, and that's exactly how I felt. But it was good. It was good, and I can see how it could be someone's. We we had this old kid that we used to beat in poker all the time called Dave. He was kind of a a dweeb. <laughs> like it, it's probably it's probably going to be Dave's favorite show ever. Dave the Duke. <laughs> we'll call him Dave the Douche. So Dave the Douche is. No, we won't. He's a nice guy. No, he's not a nice guy. He's a creepy fuck. 
Oh, creepy doesn't not mean nice. Okay, okay. He fakes nice, but he's really creepy. Well, he fakes nice to you because you're mean to him. No, he doesn't fake nice. He doesn't fake nice to me. I don't. I'm not because I know what he is. Meanness washed off on me because I know what he is by association. (laughs) He's you're my best friend. I'm mean to him by extension. He's a creep. He's mean to me. He's a creep. He did. I called him out. He's a creep. I even, I even, I even told him what his tells were. Remember, I used to take his money every fucking time, anytime. I was horrible poker pair. Hor- and horrible. Then, and I told him what his tells were, and he fixed his game a little. Me, no, and you shouldn't do that. But, but ultimately, one of the top three or four I worst. Shouldn't do that. You're you shouldn't right. do that. One of the top three or four worst poker players of all time. I don't know about that. I would go that far. Like that knows poker. I'm not going to go by people that know nothing about poker. I think people that think that they're good but aren't. He's one of the all-time. People that people say, oh, I'm such a nice – like, no, no. This, you want to see me not – this guy's a creepy, duplicitous douche. <laughs> I can't say any of that about him. I think he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyway. I really enjoyed his wedding. Oh, wait, I wasn't invited. Oh, you weren't invited because he's a creepy, duplicitous douche. But anyways, <laughs> so... Cre- creepy, duplicitous douche. Sorry. Anyways, uh, no, I'm, I'm not talking about a real person. Who, who are we talking about? Let's listen to Jay's message for you, Joe. This is for you directly. You. It's for you. Hey, Joe, did you watch the Logan Paul versus KSI fight? Do you know what any of those words ah, mean? I, you know what? Oh, my God. So here's the thing. I don't know who these two people are. And, yes, I did, like, see I, I did see that fight only because Aussie Man did a review of it. <laughs> and it showed up in my, like, subscriptions on YouTube. And I love Aussie Man's reviews. Aussie Man's so man. Katie and I watched it. We're like, who the hell are these people? So are Joe, they actually fighters? So like, Joe, do a review of it. And Bloody Talker makes an excellent – no, I'm sorry – Big Kev makes an excellent point, Joe. Then Joe suffers from this. Joe yells at people for their tells and tries to correct them. Where Joe never tell people their tells. No, and here's the thing: I don't do it to everybody. I did it to him because he was new at poker. He enjoyed the game. He seemed oh like he wanted God. to learn a lot about oh it. My God. So I was I was trying to uh, you know mentor yeah. him a little bit yeah. in the game. Yeah. Uh, I didn't tell him all his tells. I just told him the the glaring one that I thought everybody at the table could spot, you know, because I don't want everybody to take advantage of the You mean the, the bug eyes? The the bug I want to be the person that takes advantage of the fish. So if everybody knows his super tell, then they're all taking his money every time. He would get That's the no good. He would get so these buggy if eyes. If I tell him what that is, it stops everybody else from the table from getting the money that I am going to get by knowing his other tells you understand so it did work in my advantage because it stopped him from losing all his money to everybody else started getting more money for me to take off of him in later hands so uh so jay so jay asked that was a question for me too i know i have not watched it but i will try to check that out especially the aussie man review one of it bloody talker says you need to write the you need to watch the fight in 2k speed and then it looks like boxing uh uh joe what are your opinions on king of the hill the TV show? Yes, the cartoon television show you were talking about. Oh, fucking awesome. You you love a little King of the Hill? I, I, I still watch it. Okay, it doesn't hold the animation is a little weak for me. Or at this point. 
Um, but I still enjoy the stories. I still enjoy the characters, and uh, I still watch it. You're I still watch, around, around, I still watch episodes that I've seen a hundred times, and there's still more episodes I haven't seen. And they, aren't they coming out with like another? Or didn't they come out with something just recently, mm. having to do with King of the Hill or or the guys that made King of the Hill? Beavis and Butthead, maybe. I like I I I mean I know it's it's uh, Mike Drudge, the same guy that did Beavis and Butthead, did that, and Daria, of course. Excuses, Joe. I like Daria too. Uh, Big Cap says, J- Joe, nice people do not make that good of poker players. <laughs> Excuses. True. Uh, so Joe is the little finger of poker. Joe, would you call yourself the little finger of people? Excuses, says Big Cap. <laughs> Big. No, I would call myself the Ned Stark of poker. Oh, that's not a good thing to be, Joe. Oh, it isn't. Wait. <laughs> no, no, that, that's not. That's not. That's not a good definition of a poker. Player. You want to be. <laughs> <laughs> What am I? I, I? I only play good hands. I never bluff, Phil. That's so. Um, uh, sure, <laughs> sure, Joe. Sure. Uh, I no no comment. I I talk too much at the poker table. I'm a, I'm a talker, right, Joe? Would you call me a talker at a poker table? Uh, dude, there's some chickens and some fucking beer. <laughs> That is severely lacking for the amount of talking that you do. I'm a talk. I talk a lot. I talk. You need a- to bring a lot of chickens yeah. and beer yeah. with you if you want to sit yeah. at a poker yeah. table. I, I do. So. I do a podcast uh, on, at the poker table. If you're sitting at a table with me, you're watching my show. Please. And it's and it's great too. This is the thing. I love sitting at a poker table with Phil because he's a talker, right? And he's very personable with all the players, and he's fishing for a lot of information. Me, I'm very, very much different. I might engage a little bit, a joke here, a joke there. God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> but for the most part, I'm pretty quiet and I'm just absorbing everything. Yes. Jo- that I possibly jo- can. Joe's very quiet at Poker Table. I'm talk I'm literally talking to everybody and smiling in their face and trying to get 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 a conversational uh, aspects of them. And if like no sometimes one- I put on headphones with no music yeah. just to make it. And if no think one's I'm- talking to me, I talk to the dealer. I'm like, hey, yep. dealer, what's going on, buddy? How are you tonight? Because no one's it's talking to me. In information for me, for him, like you wouldn't believe. Like, big Kev calls. He gets people off of hands. He gets people distracted. Big, big it's, Kev, it's big a Kev co- thing at the table. It's fun. Big Kev calls. He says you're bluffing, Joe. <laughs> Joe is the Deadpool of poker. Keeps uh, dying, but somehow keeps buying in after the last call. Lindsay no, says. I do, I, I do well. I do well. Phil's been at Phil's been at some big tournament yeah, wins. Yeah, yeah. Joe, 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 uh, Joe. Phil does well too. We placed in so many tournaments. Yeah, we, we did pretty well. Uh, Joe, Joe, and his whole family are all good poker players. Mar- Martin, Larry, and Ben are all po- good poker players. All, all, all the Grants are good. Or it's a, it's a family trait. Who's the best out of the Grants, Phil? Who's the well, at the Phil's at the top at the top out there too at, now, right? Uh, sorry, yeah, that, whoops! Did I, did I do that? Did I do that? Whoops! The dirty locks, the dirty locks. I'm sorry. <laughs> cut, cut that part out. Uh, my mine's been out there too, Joe. Uh, who's who's the best of them all? Uh, playing at the top of their game, I always contested it was Ben <laughs> because he has that he has the least emotion in his uh, table image. Okay. No, but but you have the most. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, I heard Joe's feelings. Right. I heard Joe's feelings. Okay. That's I the, that's if I if I if Ben was on this podcast, I'd say you. No, 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 no. I, 
here's the thing. As much as I, I wouldn't like to admit it, I would probably say Ben too. My 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 brother Martin, I wish I had his math skills. I really do. Cause uh that dude he plays by the numbers so much more than anything else in that game. Yeah, no, totally. He do, he totally does. And uh and I mean but but all you guys are all you dirty locks have uh have have skills at the poker table. So uh so so yes. So Big Kev yeah, says we have a core of friends. We, I mean, most people who play poker don't put the amount of study that we, as a as a group, have put into the game. Um, Big Kev says you're bluffing. That sounds entertaining and fun with you guys. Joe, put in some headphones and not listen to music. It sounds fun. I don't play that far northeast. Maybe at some point, Big Kev. Nice when they do some tournaments. Kev, up you're there. you're in Vegas. We have some timeshares out there, and uh, I'll end up coming out there again soon. And so we'll have to get together and and, uh, sit at a table. 100%. Big Kev says we need to do a review of Rounders. I'd love to do a review of Rounders. Oh, Oh, that movie's fucking wonderful. (laughs) What was was that television series that was on ESPN that was made by the creators of Rounders? That was was a poker series. I forget what it was called. It wasn't very good, but I watched every episode of it. It was really awesome. Like, it was horrible, but awesome. I don't know if Big Kev knows what I'm talking about, but it was – I'm totally blanking on the name of it, but it was made by the same creators of Rounders. And they advertised it on ESPN for months ahead of time, and then when it came finally came on, it really sucked. But at least they they uh, they they showed every episode of it. They never do. They never so. They could never do a poker show or like a a movie a show like that about somebody. It would always co- end up coming off too just kitschy or like. He'd almost be. They'd have to make the character like magician level and shit. The show was. It was a show called All In, and that's what they did. They had this like what the main character was like going all in with two four, and knowing somehow the straight was gonna come or something. Yeah, I knew with the straight is coming. Here it comes, two four. Why'd you go in with that shit head? Oh, it was all it. Yes, everybody, this discussion has almost gone into ridiculous poker talk, but that's okay, everybody. Right now, we have the open forum. We're going to take a couple more questions and comments from the chat and then call this a live stream. If anyone wants to call in right now, this is the last chance at 781-990-8509. Well, it's never the last chance because whenever you're listening to this, even if it's the audio cast, you can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 781-990-8509. Please do, or you can email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com, tweet me at igotissuesman, or tweet Joe at, I, at DirtyLocks, or add me on Skype at igotissuesman as well. Also on Instagram, Snapchat, all those fucking places. So add me, join us, fucking have some fun, play with me, touch me inappropriately, touch Joe inappropriately. We really like that. And I only mean that in a... Uh, in a fun way with the uh, super chat donations in the Patreon stuff. Spin the wheel. Three spin of the wheel. So uh, let's see. All in. Yes, it was called All In. Do you remember that series, Joe? I believe you came over to my house to watch it sometimes. I do not remember. It was a show on. Uh, it was about three characters, um, two guys and a girl that had a poker uh, friendship and ultimately entered the World Series. And Michael Madsen was in it, playing a character called the Matador, 
who was a uh, yep. Okay, I remember it. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it was not very good, but very fun. No. It was not very good at all. Lots of side buttholes. Lots of side buttholes. Lots of love to Devin in the side butthole aspect of our whole situation. I haven't said the side butthole in a while, but we're waiting for that. There's some Game of Thrones side butthole. I cannot wait. No, oh, there's so much side butthole in fucking me. Oh, there's so much side butthole. So, Joe, thank you so much for joining me tonight. We'll My have, pleasure. We'll have to do this again some other time. But no, we'll have to do this. Oh. Later this week for a Game of Thrones thing and maybe in for Mayans. Possibly I will be on live tomorrow night. There's a chance I might be going to a concert tomorrow night and then we'll only be on with Joe. But if I am home tomorrow night and watch Mayans, I will go on live and share my immediate thoughts. Might not be a full recap, more of a review reaction kind of thing. But I will definitely do that if I'm home watching it. And then Joe and I will be on later in the week to do a... Joe's react to do a where is it <laughs> to do a what did Joe what did Joe think what did Joe what did Joe think about what he thought about Mayans and talk a little bit more about some Game of Thrones stuff and uh, yeah so a couple more things coming up this week but if you haven't already and you enjoyed this video please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you tune in every week to our podcast. And wherever you are, give us some iTunes ratings so more people can find our audio cast. And wherever you are, if you want a little bit more close-knit stuff, see a couple more of Joe's drawings that no one else can see, see a few more podcasts from me that you might not get anywhere else, think about joining our Patreon. You can find all that in the link in the description box below, all the different ways to help us. The more you help us, the more we can do this and all that sort of shit. So... You guys are fucking awesome. The ones that do help us, all our patrons, all our Super Chat donations. You guys were really incredible tonight. We love it, and we can't wait for more. Much love to Lindsay, Big Kev, everyone who's left in the live chat right now. Let's take a look who the fuck is left. We got Big Kev, Lindsay, SM Down, Bloody Fucking Talker. We got Bernie. We got Broke. We got Ian. We got all of our good friends. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Hey. I will talk to you next time. Yeah, Later. Man. We gotta pause this motherfucking shit. We gotta pause this shit. It might be at the end of the podcast, but it's not too late to send some love out to Sir Hunt, to Mark. Met Mark out of the Con of Thrones. Mark had me on the podcast. We're gonna have Mark on at some point in the future. Mark is an awesome fucking individual. Really cool dude. Joe, I hope you can come out to the next Con of Thrones so we can hang out with Mark because I think you, me, and Mark will have a really fucking good time. Lots of love to Sir Hunt. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to him. Good dude. Talk to you guys next time. Oh, shit. We got one more message, Joe. Jay's not letting us go without a message. Oh, I know what Jay's going to say. I already know what Jay's going to say. He's going to say he wants another open podcast where we can bring other people in into the discussion. We will definitely have that. 
somewhere along where Game of Thrones season is, where everything is cra crazy and we have lots of crazy people all around. We'll have that, Jay. It's coming. Don't you fucking worry, buddy. But let's play Jay's message anyway. Let's play Jay's message anyway, because he's a motherfucker. I request another um, op open, um, open like an open chat where where people can like join the conversation like in the um, in your in like your video like you did that one time. That's what I request. That's what Jay requests. So we'll definitely do that again in the future. Oh shit! Ow, my head. Excuse me. Where the fuck is the music? Play the music again, asshole.